Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass teaching you all the game theory of DFS. Any sport, it doesn't matter. NFL, NBA, PGA, NHL, MMA, it, it, it doesn't matter. The same concepts apply to all sports. It's not a coincidence that most of the top DFS players are good at most of the sports. So uh, so figure out what they're doing that you're not in the theory of daily fantasy sports. Course, uh, join me as always, as sometimes. I mean, sometimes, sometimes, you, sometimes you're busy. Uh, is uh, Eric Bimefor, who uh, who we'll get we'll get into a l- later that I, I may I may be coming over more to your to your side. You tend to play the yes. higher stakes. So your single entry, you play one lineup, maybe two or three. Uh, I tend to play the large field contests. Maybe I'm playing twenty, fifty, eighty. This past NFL slate, I hand built. I played the mid stakes this mm. past. This past uh, week, and I hand built thirty lineups. So I mean, I could I could have used the lineup builder, but I just hand, I played the forty dollar multi entry, which is only like a five thousand person field. I played the I played three entries into the power sweep, which is a one fifty three max. I played the spies, you know, those types of contests. I didn't play the mm-hmm. slant. I didn't play the milli. I didn't play any. I played no contest that had a, a five figure field size. So it was all somewhere between six hundred and like. Five thousand, uh, mm-hmm. and twenty five hundred dollars worth of entries. I got uh, twenty four sixty back. So, uh, kind of like, like that to me. That's a winning. That's that's kind of like okay. I yes. didn't that that that's I, I didn't I didn't go broke or anything because uh, I had yeah. I had a, like a twenty six place entry into the 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 power sweep that got me a thousand bucks for that. Uh, I I built I built good lineups just you know with like a one. It's one of those you build good lineups and have one dud in them. Or you don't have the same guys in the exact right spots, but would you consider for week seventeen? Typically, it's the highest variance week of the year because of so many people sitting, motivation. Who knows? Uh, other than maybe one or two guys, like the chalk just smashed. Yeah, it was the most unbelievable chalk fest I've ever seen in my entire life. I think I, I can't remember in it. Like even we we've had it this year where. You know, we'll show up here on a, on Tuesday and be like, oh, that was probably a bad week for you, right? Because the chalk did well. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, it was. This this week was that on steroids. The the winning lineups in some of the higher stakes small field contests were cash were cash teams. Empire Maker won the luxury box with his cash with his cash team. Uh, he has a screenshot on Twitter for people that don't follow him, which I'm sure most of you do if you're watching this, but with like, you know, 1.5 million in winnings or something like that. You know, now he enters a ton of money, obviously six figures, but, uh, yeah, he was just shipping every tournament with his cash team. So that tells you a little bit about, uh, how well, how well the cash team or, you know, the, the, the chalky plays did. So that was really bad uh bad for me and i knew i was dead really early so it actually was like a relaxing time i just pivoted to a bunch of super low owned guys on the afternoon and prayed and it only got <laughs> it only it, it only got worse but uh well I did was, you close your laptop because you didn't have marvin jones i didn't have marvin jones and i played ty johnson ty johnson was the only early game player that i played i did not play marvin jones i did not play you know kirk cousins justin jefferson any of that and so you know, I could have, I guess, maybe prayed to 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 min cash and played the the Derrick Henrys and all that of the world, but oh, that's not how I roll. So I, I pivoted off of pretty much everything, and 
it didn't, it didn't go well. I did. I got to celebrate, you know, going, moving from like last place to like, you know, 10th to last or whatever, when Tyler got a, you know, 1% Tyler Lockett uh, ceiling game. So that, that's always fun. Like it still gives you a little, like, Hey, I got, you know, I did something. I didn't finish. I didn't finish last. I still got to watch something and uh, uh, enjoy it a little bit. I, I still, I still thought it was fun. You know, it was, I, I played all the slates, which was fun for a last week. I thought it was a really, really interesting slate. I got it totally wrong, but I think, to your point, it was in general week 17s, and I thought this one was the same. Are really high variance, and there were so, like you want to talk about so many good plays and so many highly projected plays and so many high ceiling plays. I mean, the list was infinite. Obviously, there's 15 games, so that's part of it. But there was also just like so many different guys stepping into opportunity or underpriced guys. Just talking about Tyler Lockett, right? Tyler Lockett at 5800 two months ago we'd be laughing our asses off but he's he's unowned and rightfully so but but he, he's unowned on on that slate you know there's what jk dobbins who runs for almost 200 yards and two touchdowns and isn't even on winning 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 tournament teams there were just so many good plays that i thought it was a really fun tournament week to kind of just take stands on some lower owned guys that are actually really really awesome plays it's just uh, that kind of worked because a lot of those guys did well right jk dobbins goes goes nuts plenty of other guys went nuts but it's just when the 30, 40, 50, 60 percent owned guys go for four, they all go for 40. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Right. I mean, that was the main issue. It's not that Derrick Henry like got his median or Jonathan Taylor got his median or Marvin Jones got his median. Like, no, they got their they got their 90th percentile outcomes. They got their 80th. I mean, when Marvin Jones is 40 plus and Henry is 40 plus and Taylor is 40 plus and Cousins has almost 40 and Jefferson <laughs> has 30. I mean, like like you're, you're naming the chalk construction. I mean, you're, you're essentially like, like, how do you get different from there? This, but this highlights the fact that it's extremely hard in large field GPPs to win on weeks like this. Cause you have, I mean, you essentially need the optimal of all optimals. It's not just a matter of, oh, oh, I have an 18 point score in my lineup. Yep. You're dead on a week. I mean, like you, you yep. need to have the perfect defense also because everyone else has the other, you're going to see. Jefferson, Jones, Cousins, Taylor, Henry, LaVisca Chenault at mm-hmm. 20 points at, at his price. I mean, like, like where, where are you going to get the leverage? If that lineup wins, you're going to be tied 700 ways, you know, in, in the top 500. I mean, uh, but, but it's just weird that on a, on, a, on a week where there's 15 games and a lot of unknowns that the chalk all gets their ceiling and... Because I was playing smaller field stuff, Eric, I tended to have chalkier lineups. Like, like uh, understand the fact that since I focus very heavily on either cash play or large field play, my 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 biggest weakness, and I don't know if I call it a weakness, I'm probably still better than the average DFS player uh, by by a lot, is that because I don't focus on single entry and three max, I my 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 lineup construction techniques tend to be very, like, they could go too far in one direction or the other direction on a given week where mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm playing way too, I'm like, I built this lineup and then I see the ownership in the spy and I go, oh, this was a large field lineup. Like this, <laughs> like, uh, I, I think I got a little too crazy. And then sometimes I do it the opposite way. I look at the ownership and go, Jesus, maybe I have to swap my 2v2 in the late games because... Like this seems to be like the chalk of all chalks, and uh, so so I'll, I'll get into it later that I, I may be focusing a little bit more 
on that. Uh, but but yeah, for a high variance week, it's 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 really odd. It, it this this is the week where if you were playing a three K wide receiver, like you could have p- picked like ten of them, mm-hmm. and if you wanted to play none of the three K wide receivers, you could have done other lineup constructions. They were they were ten plus running backs that you could have easily played. They were games that you could have stacked that no one was playing, right? If you wanted leverage off a of Taylor, I played some Rivers Hilton stacks, right? You do that. And then I played some Tannehill, A.J. Brown stacks, yep. and you do that. Uh, and then you, you, you play, uh, like, Marquez Callaway over Ty Montgomery, right, in your flex or something for 3200 So you get the cheap receiver that's the leverage off of the cheap running back. So I, So most of my lineups look like that. But then I filled out the chalk with the rest of it. So, I mean, like, my Tannehill-A.J. Brown stack, A.J. Brown did well. Mm-hmm. Tannehill didn't do well enough. But I also had Jonathan Taylor and and, and Brandon Cooks in that line. I mean, like, right. like so I'm still I'm still getting lineups that are, like, 200 points. And 200 points on, on this past Sunday was, that, that was a min cash, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but I'm just saying that out of my 30 lineups, I think I may have cashed, I think, like, 18 of them. And then one for like a thousand, and that's, and obviously that still doesn't make up for you know yeah I get I, I lost forty bucks, but that's a survive in advance. Like okay, I'm I'm glad I know I can't have the nuts, but I'm glad that I only lost forty bucks instead of you know fifteen hundred or something on the week. But I think it's more of a byproduct of like it's not like I did better than you. You went you went for first place, and I tended to build lineups that made not have had as much first place win equity uh, because I, I I just, I selected my core pool of players and I just, I went from, the, I played Thielen, like in one lineup, I had Thielen instead of Jefferson and that lineup would have came in like eighth place or something because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the 20 point difference because that was the leverage off of Thielen. So it's a Cousins-Thielen stack with Marvin Jones and then yeah. with Jonathan Taylor and Brandon Cooks and Sterling Shepard, you know, I was doing, I, I got him right. I got, but it's just not, not all in the, like, no. Yeah. Then I have a lineup that it's all good, except for I have Keelan Cole in there instead of LaVisca Chenault. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, I got, I went the other way and I didn't get that. So, so all in all, I, 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 I know we're on to NBA now. Me and you are much more in NBA thought processes now, but, uh, and there weren't any complaints from last week. Last week we talked so much about NBA that I thought, oh, I, I thought this was a football podcast. We didn't get any, so I'm assuming that you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good enough for me, but I just, I just wanted to highlight this past week 17 slate that it was, it was quite odd that uh, you know, outside of maybe Isaiah McKenzie, uh, yeah, yeah, like, like no, no, nothing like weirdly. And you need the funny part is you didn't even need him, like in large field GVPs, like when some guy has three touchdowns. And the DST also, and that guy is is not even in the winning lineup. Like you know how chalky of a week this was when when that happens. Yeah, it was seriously absurd when I yeah I don't even know how much he was because like I said I didn't see in lineups but super cheap right in the three Ks and the three K wide receiver and he was he was he was playable like you know he was very low owned and and not like you know a, a priority for me in in one team but I thought he was in like in play. Right. But that just tells you how many, like, like you mentioned, there was 10, 15 wide receivers sub, 
you know, we start to expand it to sub 5k, right? You start throwing in Chenault and these other guys. There's like, so right, you had Judy there. You had yeah. Patrick. You had Judy smashed. <laughs> Gabe Davis, who got there on two two catches. <laughs> but that's right. This list is like never end. They were all in play. You could make a strong argument for all these guys, right? And I Isaiah, and Isaiah McKenzie is the one who scores the most. And and like you said, you know, for the old uh, shout out. Peter Jennings for the old double dip action with the Bills defense that scored a million. You're like, and that, and that didn't matter. It didn't, it, it didn't even matter. What do you mean the three K guy scores 40 and you don't, and you don't need him. How's that even, you know, how's that even possible? But it was, and every, every like leverage play, like you said, every, you know, even if you played like just how you said, kind of like you did mostly chalky and then made those, you know, just those leverage points. Right. Okay. Play this chalk. All I got to do is get this get this one thing right. None of them worked. <laughs> Literally none of them. Chenault caught two touchdowns, so it didn't matter for what the rest of the guys did. You know, uh, well, Brown worked uh, out, right. even though Henry got there also. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So a- AJ Brown was the one that like worked, but also, uh, you know, it's like it worked, but it didn't, right? Because you didn't you didn't get points that Derrick Henry didn't get because he still got his own. 40 something, you know, maybe you wanted to play both of them with Deshaun right. Watson. The, the chalk you know, lineup, a, the, tra- the what other slate does the chalk lineup have two 250 yard rushers in it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. With, with what two, uh, you know, relatively cheap wide receivers that catch what Marvin Jones had 40. I'm trying to pull it up. Marvin Jones had 40. Brandon cooks had 40. Jerry Judy had 38. You know, I mean, it, it it's, it was it was it was a wild wild week. So uh, I thought it was fun to like watch and sweat. Like I didn't have any sweats, but I thought it was fun to to kind of watch. I was actually like, <laughs> I don't know if I was sweating or anti sweating, but watching the the higher stakes tournaments as I see these people's cash teams and they're duped, right? All these teams are duped and they're winning tournaments with duped teams on week seventeen. <laughs> on week seventeen, it was just it was absolutely wild. So uh, sometimes um, sometimes I I. I, I... I I feel I feel like envious of you when you play like only a couple of teams, mm-hmm. a couple of lineups. Because like like last night in NBA, like if you're playing one like I I knew you you played one lineup, and about 46 seconds into the game into the Cavaliers <laughs> game, Dante Exum gets injured, and then you're just on Twitter like it's family family time, like yep. like because because it's not like me like I, I'm sitting here with with you know I play 15 lineups. And I may be, he may have been in two of them. So it's like, okay, those two are dead. But now, okay, I got 13 lineups in contention. You, you're just like, what's on Netflix tonight? <laughs> yeah, it was a new season of The Bachelor. Me and the wife watched watched the, the new season of The Bachelor. And I got, see, I, I still, I, but I can like casually enjoy the games then, right? So like, I just like watching like Steph Curry, Luca, and James Harden How or whatever. How do you do it? How do you casually watch talk- this shit? Just toss them. We just toss them on the side on the side screen, and it, it's on there. And the Warriors are kicking the living shit. So now I'm like not even watching because the Kings the Kings are so bad that the Warriors are beating them by forty or whatever. So now we're just watching The Bachelor. It was it, yeah. It's it was a it was a actually a, a fun night. But it is that is maybe refreshing. It it it's a weird balancing act between it can be frustrating, right? There's plenty of frustration times where like. Uh, if I played another team and I played that 2v2 that I was thinking about, oh, I would have got it. But like, 
you know, A, there's a lot of other, you know, downstream impacts with playing multiple teams. And, you know, then you're playing more money, probably more money, or you're playing different contests, whatever. Um, I do think I find it, um, yeah, it's it's beneficial for mental health sometimes to just have the one team. And if it works, it's great. You're you're into sweating that. And if it doesn't work, yeah, pop on, pop on Netflix and get it again tomorrow. Yeah, but if you play cash games, at least you always have a sweat. Yeah, for, yeah, for the most, yeah, for the most, exactly. I mean, if 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 you consider, I mean, like if you you're still sweating a cash line, you're still sweat. I mean, there, yeah. there's still something going on. But the the point that I'm making is that like, like I'm I'm not I'm not playing for the sweat. I'm playing to make money, and yeah. you know the sweat is the entertainment. I mean, I, I at least I can admit that. Like I'll NBA will come on at seven thirty tonight, and there'll be a five game slate. I'll have my 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 GPP lineups, my cash lineups on three sites, and and I'll and I may not put on a game. I may put on DK live and just see the plays come through and then be in the Roto grinders, uh, discord. Like to me, that's the entertainment. Like there's truthfully, there's more productive shit I could do with my time. Cause there's, what can I control? Like outside, obviously an NBA shit happens and projections change and you have to do late swaps and okay, I get it. But, but like last night with the Warriors Kings game, like once that game locked, it's like, is there a purpose in me even what, like from, from a DFS perspective, like the slate is done. Whatever the results are, the results are. Whether if Rich Rashawn Holmes fouls out, like I can find that out tomorrow. I mean, like it, like it really doesn't matter. So at least I, I'm able to admit that, like, yes, I'm doing it for the entertainment. Like to me, like mm-hmm. it, it. I'm I'm watching the game. I'm looking at DK Live. I'm looking at my lineups, and that's the version of me watching a show on Netflix, like that. But ultimately, if I I should be if I was a complete nit, Eric. I would just shut off my computer and or if I'm going to sit in front of my computer, I should be like analyzing some data for tomorrow or something, or do do do, do something more productive or you know work on something uh, rather than because that's the equivalent of watching TV. I I think you you kind of brought up a good point. Like that is the the entertainment. Like you know we're talking about on this podcast and there's like what infinite amounts of, of content and stuff out there about making, you know, who to play in DFS or how to make better team strategy, game theory, whatever. And, and all this stuff is clearly important. You and I are talking about it every, every week, every day. But like at the end of the day, if you're not like in, enjoying it, like m- maybe like for me, the entertainment is like legitimately watching the games like that. It like, I do enjoy those few hours where, okay, I put all this work in, let's see how it plays out. And you know, like you, you're pulling up DK Live or sitting in Discord, <clears throat> or you know talking to your buddies on a text thread or a Slack or whatever. Like if you don't have, if if you're not like getting some sort of enjoyment out of it, like once that stuff is going on, um, you know I, I'm not I'm not sure that you'll be able to last necessarily in in like a daily sport like NBA. So there needs to be some like like payoff, right? Not 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 like necessarily financial. Hopefully there will be <laughs> financial. But just like in terms of a life payoff, right? Like you're putting in all this work and you're 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 doing something. Of course, this is this is to make money. But like if you're if you're not getting that right, let's lay on the couch and like enjoy this little bit of of time that I put in because we're putting it like I mean at least I am I'm putting in a lot of hours throughout the day, not only like producing content or just but thinking about the stuff, right? You could just be like eating lunch or we talked about like sitting on the shitter entering contests into Fandle, right? You're putting a lot of time and effort into it, so. Uh, I do think, you know, just taking a step back 
and and at least making sure that you're getting some some enjoyment out of it is is pretty important. Right, and I I enjoy sweating the game, so I, I I've no I've no shame admitting it. The NFL red zone, one o'clock, let's go, mm-hmm. let's see what's going on. Oh, that play, this play, but I mean I don't get as emotionally invested, like as like whatever happens happens. It's like a, it's a slot, it's like the slot machines. Mm-hmm. Like most people don't realize that like once you hit the button, like a computer, a random number generator, whatever you know their system. Like, it already knows what's going to happen. Like, it's just like that that 15 seconds that it plays out on the screen or whatever. It's just a formality to entertain you. Like, in all, it, it could just say, amp, you lost, amp, you lost, amp, you lost, it's $2, amp, five. But, but then, obviously, you're not getting the entertainment value out of it. Yeah. But I'm also, I'm not, you know, I'm, so this, oh, the touchdown get called back. Oh, what bad luck. I'm like, I can't control that. I think it's, yeah. I think it's, it, I think it's very important. You can't do it 100% of the time. I admit that. There are plenty of times that I'm close in GPP. I'm like, can you just get a fucking hit? Right? <laughs> like, all I, all I need is a guy on base right now. If a, and, and a lot of times it's not even that guy. It's like, I need someone to get on base so my guy could get up next inning. Like, I just want a chance at, at an, another at bat because I'm like six points behind. And it's like, if, if, if this seven hitter could get up again, like, maybe I have a chance to win this GPP. Uh, you're cheering for like like the pitches inside. You're like lean into it. Don't you know? Don't, don't get out of the way. They'll take one for the team. Right. You're not even my player. I just need the guy two batters from you to get up, and it's one yeah. out in the inning, and it's just like get on base, please. Can someone? Uh, but I mean, I, I, the in the other way, I'm 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 more if if you want to call it emotionally invested, and when it's closer to the top, but like on the bottom or cash lines, like I can't control the out like. I can't control the outcome. Let's just, I just if if you're if you're if you're playing DFS seriously, I know Eric. You like saying we're all humans, right? I try to act as little as a human as possible, <laughs> right? If you see me on shows, a lot, a lot of times I did. I, I'm I'm not that much of a human, but uh, like if I can't control it, like that, there's no point in getting upset about it. There's no point in lamenting over it there's no that if intellectually if you ever get into the mode of like you're being angry about something that because that happened in a sports game that cost you money like your decision was made at one o'clock like once the game locked for the football game at 7 30 or whatever for the basketball game like it's the slot machine playing out if you were to fall asleep and wake up three hours later after the game is done, it's no different than you watching the game at the same time. So although you're, you're, you're missing out on the entertainment factor of it. Like if you think in those terms, intellectually, you're, you're less likely to tilt. And to me, tilt leads to playing bad. Like that's how I, that's how I am able to do it inside of my head. Like I try to look at things intellectually and go, yeah, I'm I'm kind of like fucking Dante Exum just gets injured one minute into the goddamn game and he's sitting in my fucking cash lineup with negative and a half and I have like $1,500 <laughs> on the line in my cash lineup. Like, I'm dead. Turns out I wasn't, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> turns out Rashawn Fell Trouble uh, saved me, saved, saved me yesterday. But, but like, the first like 20 seconds, you're like, motherfucker. Really? <laughs> really? Fucking the first minute of the goddamn slate and I'm dead? 
Like, 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 and, but then, then at the, at the end of the day, you go, well, what happens if I, I never turned on the game? I didn't watch DK live and I just, I open up my app, uh, at midnight. I would have saw negative 0.5. My lineup would have made money. Right. And I would have just looked and go, Jesus, how did I get that lucky? That <laughs> what happened to Dante Exum? Right. And obviously I would know that he got injured, but like the, 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 the emotion wouldn't be there anymore. Like, like there, I can't control that. Like there's nothing. I could just look at the results afterwards. You could have just taken the slate. said, I'm not going to look at my lineups. Right. Right. You had Ty Johnson and no Marvin Jones. You could have said, I'm not, I'm not looking at my lineups until uh four right? Eastern, but 10 minutes before the late game's locked. Cause obviously you can make swaps and stuff. And yeah. if you, if you didn't know any, like you would just look right then and go oh, Marvin Jones, too bad. Uh, you know, but you wouldn't have spent the last three hours like cursing the wind that chalk Marvin Jones goes off. And then maybe without you realizing it, that, that generates in your head, that, that anger, that emotion, and it affects your late swap decisions at at, at four fifteen, and maybe you're now playing bad. This happens in poker all the time. You get there's a bad beat. You get two outed on some big hand, and then you, people just like steam it off and go, "I'm going to raise the next hand with any two cards." Like they have to get it back. I have to get back to even as quickly as possible. And now you're not you're, now you're making poor decisions. So whenever I get into that. That that mode, I try to intellectualize it by, I can't control it, and it'll affect my decisions. So, just tomorrow's another slate, right? Right. Yep. And I'm not thinking in terms of oh, I'm dead. Let me enter the showdown with a million dollars, right? People do that <laughs> also, right? Oh, I'm dead. Oh, I'm dead. Let me let me at uh, the 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 uh, Kings Warriors showdown. It's coming up. Yeah, I could I could play a hundred entries into that. Like, that's how you lose your money. That's how you lose your bankroll. I mean, maybe 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 I'm a little too much of a nit. Mm-hmm. But like to me, that's not nit. That's not nitty behavior. That's smart behavior. Yeah, I I think it's it's also something, and maybe some people can't. But it is also something that you know, kind of a skill you can and should hone over it might take a while right like i mean i'm i I know i have uh like you said tilted and then you you either lead into worse decisions um whether they're bad swaps or entering bad bad teams on the same night or letting it carry over to future days and making and then making bad teams and then maybe making more bad swaps right etc and it starts to snowball on you but it's a really important skill to kind of hone that like last night I do. I will say when it first happened, right. I, I, so I, I watched my, watch the games usually in my basement. I walk down, I go to turn the TVs on and like get the game up right. Like the moment Exum got hurt, like he's coming around a, a pick and roll. He start, he starts limping and goes to the bench. Like I had just got to get the, the game, the game on, on the TV. And I'm just and you're so you're just standing there like, well, and like, you know, if you're, you're watching it, you, you knew right away that it was pretty serious that he, that he was, he was done. Um, so like you said, yeah, less than a minute, less than a minute in. And, and you are like, I don't, I, I don't think I would describe myself as pissed, but 
it's definitely a fresh, it's a, you know, you're frustrated. Like, God damn it. I just spent all day doing this and now, okay, now, now I'm dead. So you take a second, gather yourself. And then I'm like, all right, let's see how the next few minutes of these games play out. Who's popular, who's isn't. And let's talk now. Now let's think about what swaps, what swaps I have to make. And, uh, it, last night was really interesting, actually, you know, whether you had XM or not. But, like, if you had XM, um, like, I almost battled back. The the Raptors failed way too miserably for me to make it back. But um, I thought Jason Tatum and Peyton Pritchard were two of the best plays on the slate. And I was deciding whether I was just going to pivot off um, or not. And I decided to stay on them, but then basically just essentially stack that game up. Um, and Kelly Olynyk became available to us when that lineup came out. Um, I, I wish I had waited a little bit because Willie Cauley-Stein also became available, um, which which might have put me over the edge if I was able to get both of them. But nonetheless, Kelly Olenek became available, and he was very low-owned because we didn't know we didn't know going into the slate that he was going to be a thing, you know, a strong play at sub-4,000, and everybody had planned for the Pistons, right? So anyway... You know, whether you have XM or not, you just start to see these things open up. And as long as you can keep a clear head, right, it could be it could be something simple as foul trouble, right? Uh, maybe you played Andre Drummond in the early game and the, the big dumbass that he is, he gets two fouls in the first minute. So you're tilting that now, right? Well, if you're if you're not able to kind of you're allowed to be frustrated, but if you're not able to kind of control that and still be able to make the right decisions, like you said, you won with Dante Exum and you very, and other, like I, I didn't quite get there, but it's certainly possible that I could have. And I'm sure there's other people that did win with, with Dante Exum. Well, you didn't win first. I mean, I think there's a, I think there's a very big difference that once you saw that Dante Exum was gone with negative and a half points, you're not building your lineups thinking that you're going to win first place in a GPP. Mm -hmm. You're like, Mm -hmm. how do I get to the min cash line now? And obviously the min cash line in your contests are going to be different than, like double ups or head to heads or whatever. So like, like I, I understand the fact I, I, I think, I think too many people uh, get go on tilt and then they, they give up. Like they, yeah. like they get, they go, well, close laptop. It's like, well, you could still min cash. Like, I know you can't win the GPP. I know you can't. And, and and why don't you try try to get a 1.5x? I mean, if you get it 5% of the time, I mean, fine. But at least at least do that. And then, then you have the opposite, Eric. You have the people that overreact, <laughs> right? You have, they have, yeah. you have a lot of people, I know I know on the Gilcast, they talk about it a lot. Five minutes into a slate, you can go into the Roto-Grinders Discord <laughs> for any NBA slate. You know, if, if Drummond's chalk and he has two fouls in the first minute, the number it's it's literally five minutes into the slate, and people are talking about do we need to swap? Do I need to swap up? You know they have eighty percent Drummond, right in their cash lineup or something. It's like well I need to pivot now off of Chalk Gary. I need to pivot off of that. It's like dude, it's five minutes into the fucking slate. Like you, you you don't know anything. You don't even have much information yet, other than Drummond has two fouls and maybe maybe he'll end up with the snowflake. Oh my god. But he's seventy fucking percent owned, so like, like maybe that maybe that's fine, right? Or uh, if it's a low owned guy, like let's say like you're you're playing a low owned guy that does that happens. Now you know that you know you you're negative leverage over of everyone because you have the three percent owned guy with the zero. Uh, 
but you don't have to make that decision immediately, right? You don't, you don't have to immediately jump right into, I'm frustrated. I'm just going to change everything around. And it's, it's quite possible that the lineup that you built already has enough leverage. Like in that scenario where you're playing a 70% on Drummond, but, but you, you, you're playing D'Angelo Russell and he's 5% owned over some other Zach Levine, who's 40% owned. And you're like, well, I got to switch stuff around. It's like, no, if D'Lo puts up 60, you're good. Right. And if D'Lo puts up 60 and Levine, uh, the bulls get blown out and Levine has 28 points. You mean like, yes, you're not going to win. You have a zero in your lineup, but, but you min cash. So like mm-hmm. if the bulls game isn't on for an hour and uh, the wolves don't play till 10 o'clock at night, like, it's seven fifteen. Like, at least calm yourself down. Don't be as frustrated, and then look at things more objectively. Look at other people's lineups in the contest, and then make a much more informed decision. You don't have to make these swaps until what? If it, if it if it's an eight o'clock game, you still got another half an hour, forty minutes, right? You don't have to make the decision now. So so don't be like the poker players who lose a big hand and then start fucking raising every hand. Like, no, you could just walk away from the table. Just walk away. From the, you'll lose around the blinds. If you're playing cash games and poker, you're like, who cares? Right. You'd say, I'm sitting out for half an hour. Go get, grab yourself a sandwich, sit back down and play well, play strong, go home. Don't go home. You know, like that type of shit. So you could do the same thing in DFS. Now you don't have to make this decision for half an hour. So don't, don't, don't sweat it. News happens, right? So, oh, this guy's out uh, 20 minutes before lock. Like, and let's say you're using someone else's projections. Like, I just, I, do I have to make the decision right now? I know just from my, my common NBA knowledge, right? As we discussed last week, I'm not a, I'm not an idiot. I'm like, oh, <laughs> if this guy's out and this guy's in, most likely it benefits these two people. Like, I, how much does it? Maybe I don't, I, I have a scale. Like, is he going to be projected really well or just well? Is he going to be projected slightly better or not really much at all? But at least I could plan and go, okay, well, maybe I switch this to this. But I got 20 minutes, right? I got right. 20 minutes. I got, even if I'm playing 100 entries, I got a tool. I got a rebuilder, right? I can rebuild all my lineups in a matter of 30 seconds. So like, like, and upload it and everything. I, I need 60 seconds to do that entire thing. Once I find out that so-and-so, in, you know, has an 8X median projection and I should be jamming him into every lineup, like I'll, I'll, I'll get that. So like, like the stress level, people talk about DF, the NBA DFS being stressful, which it's much more stressful than any of the other sports, mm-hmm. you know, because especially what you can't get bailed out in NBA, right? If someone, someone gets into foul trouble and loses eight minutes of their rotation in the first half, like the likelihood of them putting up a flame emoji is quite low. Like it, it, no one's hitting a, a 25 pointer in the second half, right? Like, you know, I'm going to do the under the back and through the legs from, from half court. And I somehow get more fantasy points for that. You don't get that in B at least NFL. You always have hope. Like all I need is one big catch. you like, that could happen at any time yep. in NBA and yep. in, in NBA, you get three fouls in the first half, you know, and, and you know, that the, the guy, guy gets benched guy just doesn't play. We had that with DeLon Wright yesterday, just somehow out yep. of the blue, just out of the rotation. They, even though it's a back and a back and Derek Rose is just taking all the minutes. Old ass him is playing on the back and back and he's sitting there at 16 to 20% ownership. And I know that if you had him, you're like, where the fuck's DeLon Wright? It's <laughs> what, what happened? And even the beat reporters are like, I don't, we don't even know. 
right? <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, like, Eric, we've said it on multiple podcasts. We know how much variance there is in a single day's games in DFS. And we still underestimate the variance. So the normal person is the normal, the average player is thinks there's much less variance in, in sports. So when things like this happen, like I understand why people go fucking ape shit over <laughs> like, you know, how unlucky am I? Oh, well, how could I have predicted this or whatever? And we tend to come at it from always expect the unexpected. And even then it's typically even more unexpected. Yeah. Imagine if you're a, like if, if you were a new player or somebody came to you and like, you know, discord and this was their first day and they rostered Dante Exum and Delon Wright and Rashawn Holmes on a team, right? All quality plays, right? Like all before lock, you'd have been like, yep, cool. looks good. <laughs> well, one guy got, you got to experience all, all the, all the pains of, you know, other than a late scratch, you didn't get a, you didn't get a late scratch. Right. But, Delon Wright was basically... He was on the road to a DMP if it wasn't for Killian Hayes getting injured. Yeah, if, yeah, he, he he would basically have been a late scratch. It was the same thing, right, as a late scratch. He <laughs> doesn't play. Guy gets hurt in the first minute, and then, you know, guy gets guy gets in foul trouble. Like, it, there was everything, you know. Or you get... Maybe you played Sadiq Bey, right, who was another chalky, chalky option. And you got to watch him go stand in the corner. <laughs> and watch everybody else do stuff for 35 minutes you know grab a couple rebounds i think he made two shots whatever right like there's so much and, and i'm not like, like i played dante exum uh you know all these other guys were whatever they're fine plays I, I don't really care about the specifics of the play but they're to your point like would i have ever guessed any of those outcomes like if you made me predict that hell no God, there's no way to know that Delon Wright isn't going to play. There's no way to know that so and so is going to get hurt. You know, there's no way to predict foul trouble. There's no way to predict blowouts. No matter what some uh, some people might tell you on on Twitter, like it it just it is what it is. And and even if you can predict some of that stuff, that's not apples to apples to fantasy points. Guys can get in foul trouble and still crush. Guys can get in foul trouble and be horrible. Right. Andre Drummond could get those. You're you know, we've all been there. Probably we've all been there with Andre Drummond, um, but we've all been there with someone gets two fouls in the first two minutes. Well, you know, I needed him to play 36 and he's going to, you know, up. Oh, we're, we're screwed. Well, maybe the coach plays him a little more in the second half. Maybe he goes nuts. Right. Drummond does that sometimes and scores 20 DraftKings points in five minutes and all and all is well. Right. But there's just it, it's so wildly unpredictable. That like at la- last night was actually you know we talk about it on these uh, outlining slates that like are really uh, show a specific kind of uh, aspect of DFS and uh, the Sunday one and last night you know Sunday football and last night's NBA were like total opposite ends of the spectrum but one being so wildly not not non variance when it comes to uh, a chalk, you know, the, the chalk plays. And then last night being he, all these examples of these crazy things that we could never, ever predict. And going back to our kind of like, how do you handle it thing? Like you just have to be able to, you know, keep a, a, a calm mind. And even if you're not staying calm, like I don't really give a shit. I was frustrated when, when XM got hurt. I probably wasn't calm 
right away, but you take a step back. We went and started cooking dinner, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm watching the alerts come in and, oh, shit, a Linux starting, you know, and I'm just processing. I got to make some swaps, right? So let, let's start chopping up some vegetables and, hmm, okay, I could talk to him. I could do this. I don't have, like you said, I don't have to make those decisions right away, but you just have to, to kind of handle all that. And there was a lot, it was a lot last night. Um, and it was, <laughs> it was the opposite of a lot on, on Sunday, but, um, the, like we've outlined it a little bit, like with Alan's article and with some of these different things, but it is like, eh, like partially an emotional game. You know, some of the, some of the guys will be like, Oh, they're, you know, it, I'm just doing, doing the math and you'll say it sometimes, right? They're just names and stuff on a spreadsheet, which is, which is true, but we're also the humans clicking in those names on a spreadsheet. And, um, if you can't, handle like those those little things well and still make make plus ev decisions i think that's something that maybe you should try to like practice right because you can learn it i wasn't always good at it but you can you can learn to okay i lost exum how do i try to recover a couple bucks right and wrap your head around how do i try because if you do that you, you've outlined it before if you do that what five times a year you know how much money you can make back you know how much of your bankroll you can make back if, it, if you successfully recover from a Dante Exum scenario, just a few times, a few times a year. So as long as you can wrap your head around, you have a new goal. The goal has now changed. It sucks that that new goal is not winning a million dollars, but now, now go attack the new goal. Right. I, I feel like you need to get a shirt. We need, we need to, you know, you know, those keep calm expressions. <laughs> I want, I want to, I want to have one for DFS. Maybe I get RotoWare to do it. Keep calm and blame variants. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and keep 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 calm, keep calm and uh and, and something about swapping. We need something about something about swapping. Keep calm and you know and and pivot. Keep calm and pivot off the chalk or something. Yeah. Right, just, like, right, if, at the word just okay, you lost today. Just blame blame it on variants, right? Yep. That's the easiest thing to do. Just blame blame it on variants. You can't do that, but the thing is, you can't do that for so long cuz then your bank account shows that you're not a good player. I mean, like at, at some point, at some point, it's not variance, right? Five year sample size, uh, most likely, it's uh, it's not variance. And, and and talking about variance, I know uh, this is what I do uh, every year. Uh, normally on Twitter, I, I post my my rotor tracker and everything, and I've posted it throughout the year anyway. So I mean, I I'm transparent enough. If you people, oh, did you win? I, people always I, I post all my shit transparently. Uh, I'm going to go over some of it. Uh, Eric, uh, you're going to share some of your results. Uh, we're two different types of players. So like, and the goals for both of us are completely different from one another. That's why there's no, there's no better. I always like, who, who's better than one another? Like, what, what, what does that matter? Like, like, I don't, I don't need to be the best poker player. I need to make X amount of money. If that's my goal, then that's my goal. Who cares? Uh, so I'm getting messages now. Uh, so in Roto Tracker, I've already updated everything from last year. Uh people are gonna be, be shocked at my past year's results, I think. I, I, I think I think Eric, you're, you're not gonna be. I think any good player is not gonna be. But I think uh, most people out there are 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 gonna be shocked. So over the course of uh I've played for five years, three months, something like that. Uh I don't believe years years are just arbitrary periods, right? Like in poker, like it's just one long poker game. 
Whether if you had if you had a big win on December 29th versus January 2nd, like what what does that really matter? In the oh well, I had a I had a bad year last year, but I had a great year this year. Like what really a three day difference? Like that's what I mean. Like I take a look when I judge my play. I'm looking at more of an average over time. So an average, oh, just like in poker, you do an hourly rate. So yes, tonight I lost $1,500. But my hourly rate goes from $28 an hour to now $26 an hour because of that, because that one little dip. So I'm still a $26 an hour type of player. Now, obviously, if it dips more, your hourly rate over time dips down more. But you're not judging just based on per session you look, you win 10,000. I mean, it's a, DFS is the perfect example of this, that like your year can be made on one or two days and that's, and, and you're playing for that. Like, that's literally why you play. I'm going to build all these, I'm going to, I'm going to roll this 500 sided die getting 30,000 to one odds. And hopefully one of the one I'm getting great plus EV and hopefully one of these 365 rolls. I get that big payday, but it still means you're the plus EV. I just always want to highlight that as far as like years and weeks and months. Like all those things are just like, I know Eric, you're the, you're the one, it seems like on this, on this, on this podcast, I'm the one that like, I'm trying to view everything like a robot. And you're the one that's like, like, well, we are human beings. So it's like, it's understandable (laughs) that we, we try to put things into certain boxes and compartmentalize and think in these terms. But I always look at try to be as objective as possible and go like, well, what does it matter that I had a good month or a good two month period? It's like, like, what was my goal playing DFS? My goal in DFS has always been in DFS in general to make 50000 to $75,000 a year, which is essentially like a job. Just like, yes, am I rich? No. Right. But do I have to go sit at a fucking office and you know, get the TPS reports ready and do, you know, I don't have to do any of that shit, right? I get to be in my pajamas, talk to people I like, talk to smart people that I like, podcast, play some, play some DFS, watch some basketball and, and tilt with people in Discord. Like, that's my life. I, I'm perfectly fine, 50, dollars $50, $75,000 a year. And over the past five years, I've made uh, $366,430. It's a $1,992,361 worth of entry fees for that 366430 profit for an 18.39% ROI. Now, over the course of five years, that, that's, a, that's an average of a little over $70,000 a year. So based on that, if I just woke up, if I, I opened up my DraftKings app in October of 2015, I, I deposited $400. And let's say someone hit me on top of the head and said, you're going to know everything that happened. You're going to play. You're going to do. You're going to know everything that you ever did. And then you're going to wake up today on uh, Tuesday, January 5th or whatever. I I don't import my past four days, but whatever. Woke up on New Year's Eve 2021 and said, well, you now have $366,430. Would I be happy? I would say, fuck yeah, right? Okay. So like that's in the grand scheme of things. But most of this comes from uh from big GPP wins. I mean, that's that is what I play for. Uh, that at least what I have been playing for as well as cash games. Cash games pay for a portion of the GPP entries. 
right? Essentially, I'm playing, I'm generating a small percent in ROI to like cover GPP losses every day. So my swings are not like dramatic. Uh, so over the course of time in 2006, I can't count 2015. I, I only had $4,900 worth of entries. I mean, that's, I was just starting to play. I was playing a dollar mm-hmm. soccer games. So I, but in, even in 2015, I made 1475 in 2016, I made a little over 43,000 2017. I made a little over 68,000 2018. I made about 194,000, but of course that includes, you know, a hundred thousand dollar NBA GPP win. Uh, 2019, I made just under $53,000, but most of the, most of this money comes from a $20,000 win, a $50,000 win, you know, those types. And then you have to pay for all the losses because you're losing a couple hundred bucks. Like every slate, you play GPP every single slate. And then you still have to keep up your cash games because if you start taking a dip in cash games, now you're, now you're getting into some downswings. So over that course, like if I take a look at my graph. Like I've had like in 2000, in the beginning, I didn't have many downswings because I wasn't playing that high enough volume because I'm playing dollar and quarter arcade stuff. A big downswing is like $800, right? I mean, like that's not that bad. But like in 2000, I'm looking at my graph in 2017, it looks like during MLB season, I went from 63 total profit down to 54 over a time period. So that's like a $9,000, almost $10,000 downswing. But then I won again. And then I go down and there, there's another couple thousand dollar downswing. But then coming into January of 2018, obviously now, since I'm making more money, I'm moving up in volume. So I had a, I had a downswing uh, from what is it, 110,000 down to 103,000. So that's a $7,000 downswing. But then I recovered from that. Then I have another one that's like about 5,000 downswing. And then I have two big wins. That was a 100K NBA win, a 50K NFL win. But right after that, I go from 329 down to 306. So that's like a $25,000 downswing, but I recover from that a month later. Then I go from 327 down to 314. So that's a $13,000 downswing, but I recover from that, and I recover from that twice. Then I go on another one in 2019, 358 down to 333. So that's a $25,000 downswing, but I recover from that and then some. Then I get up to a certain point, I get up to 370. Then I go on a downswing down to uh, 338. So that's that's like a $32,000, a $22,000 downswing. And then then we get into 2020. And 2020, that, that, that first downswing that I just said, that occurred in the beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. And then I had another downswing at the end of 2020. In, in NFL this past year, other than the $50,000 win, I was 6-11 and 11 on weeks in cash games. And I'm playing a decent volume when it comes to NFL. Yeah. So, so the difference between like have, going 9-8 and eight is about break even, right? Because of the rake. Going 8-9 and nine is a small loss. Going 7-9 and nine is a loss. Going 6-11 and 11 is a fairly, I mean... If you're playing like eight thousand dollars in volume and you go six and eleven, like that's 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 a twenty five thousand dollar down. I mean that's that's the that's the difference. If I went if I went the other way, the difference between six and eleven and nine and eight is like twenty five thousand dollars, right? If I went the other way, if I went eleven to six, <clears throat> it's a difference of losing twenty five thousand to winning fifteen thousand or something like that. So those two downswings 
Uh, combined with, uh, I'll, I'll talk about my uh, foray into something else during COVID that cost that cost me money. Uh, so based around that, most people, if you look on Twitter, Eric, right? Most people would look at me and go, oh, I remember, they remember two things that I did screenshots for. I won third place in the Premier League Soccer King of the Pitch on DraftKings, right? And they remember the, the slant win for 50000 right? That That's what they remember. They don't know that I... Mm-hmm that I had a $20,000 downswing at the beginning and end of the year, right? So they'd look and they'd go, oh, how much, how, much did you, how much did you make in DFS this year, right? Also knowing that we had a three-month period where we had no fucking sports, right? Yeah. I couldn't make my sample. I didn't have three months that are eliminated from my ability to get a big payday. So based on that, I would assume, Eric, what, would, what, would, what do you think people would assume my net on 2020 would be? What do you think the average person just if you just take a look at like hmm. screenshot culture type of thing? What did you say? I'm sorry. What did you say the king of the pitch one was for? Uh, that was like for ten thousand. Okay. Well, so in my here, I'll add a little context because in my experience, people will add on more money to. So if you have sixty thousand dollars of big wins, screenshot worthy wins. Right. People be like, OK, I saw those for 60. So you had to make like what, 80 or 100, you know, because you kept winning all these other times. That right. They don't do the other direction. On, it should be the other direction when it, it, when it should very clearly be, be. No, what do you mean? Those big wins paid for all those other losses. So it's obviously a lower number. But people will say, OK, I saw him with 60. So he probably made 75 is what the normal person will guess. Right. But but, you know, but as but, you know, and I know and any other good player knows that. Like, no, you're losing, you're losing 90% of the time. Like yeah. the big wins make up, like my, my whole thing is that if I could win big twice in a year, like that, that makes, that meets my goal. So what happens if mm-hmm. I only win once big in a year? Well, that doesn't necessarily meet my goal. Uh, I also, uh, during, during COVID, right. Cause basketball shut down March, whatever, March 6th. And then we didn't get it, nothing back. I wasn't playing any. I wasn't playing esports or anything. Uh, either. Then we got so- we got Bundesliga soccer back. And then once soccer comes back, I'm good. Like you can't, but you can't win big in soccer. I'm playing cash games in soccer, so that mm-hmm. that came me back. So you know, I I'm, I I started playing MMA and PGA when they came back. But remember, mm-hmm. I'm a large field GPP player. If you're playing PGA, large, I mean that's high variant shit. And in MMA, it's a winner take all contest. Right in MMA, you basically it's like a showdown and a, like, like have a lineup that's not duplicated, right? Like that's how you get a big win. So over the course of of me, I would consider it to be a a, a flaw. I would I I w- I was not smart. I said at the time of no other sports and MMA being the only thing that was going on, I was playing way too high risk. Meaning that I'm pl- I'm playing I'm pl- it's like it's like me entering a thousand dollars into showdown contests, like dude you have to when you're doing that for NFL showdown for the large field stuff you have to like know that your thousand can be zero in a second like that's like yep. if you don't if you don't bink you're 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 gonna be negative ROI but I'm like there's nothing else going on so I'm good at building non duplicated lineups or it's less duplicated lineups so I should be able to beat this MMA thing. I just need a large enough sample size to, to, to get there. Well, I didn't have a large enough sample size to get there. So lost 10,000 in the process. So like, so that there goes that. So now you've added up two downswings and me going like, 
let me let me take a shot at MMA by playing large field instead of just playing small field contests and minimizing my risk without you know trying to get the million dollars or five hundred thousand or whatever. Uh, the total is uh, uh, plus minus is uh, for the whole year is sixty nine twenty two for a one point four four percent ROI. <laughs> Don't, didn't That's didn't funny. I say didn't I say before that most people you're not. The sharper players aren't, would be shocked at like, what, like $7,000, that's it, right? Yep. And especially, yeah, given, my, especially given my past past results over the other years, like, yeah, well, I had two binks in every, I had two binks in 2016 in relation to the bankroll size, 2017, 2018, and 2019, like every single year, two. two I mean, I've had medium stuff in there thrown in. Every year, two, and there you go, 48, 58, 193. I mean, that's, but that 193 makes up for like three years worth of of shit. Like right. I could go through bad, I could go, I could blame variants for a year, right? That's that's perfectly fine and for nine months, technically. So to you, uh, I'm not making, uh, like, to me, this is, this isn't excuses. This is, this is normal. Right, but to, to, to the average person, they're like, "Well, this guy sucks now." Obviously, obviously, <laughs> in two, obviously in twenty twenty, you're doing something wrong that uh, that you only binked once, and you, you bled money away in two different downswings, and it's like, like, no, this is this is normal. We're we're looking at an arbitrary time period of January first, two thousand twenty, twenty twenty to December thirty first. If I could, I could win fifty thousand tomorrow. And what does it, just because, oh, it, it, the ta- The only thing that matters is the tax year, right? Fucking taxes. Right. Yep. So, like, I was able to even out my my exposure on two sites. So that 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 was my goal the last week of the, because I was, because I, I don't play that much on FanDuel, but I, I happen to be down 1,500 on FanDuel. So I'm like, I can't carry over the losses. So I'm going to play more money on NBA and FanDuel to try to get above 1,500. And if I'm going to lose, mm-hmm. I want to lose on DraftKings. Right. Yep. It's one I, I don't want to lose, but if I'm going to lose, I'd rather win enough on FanDuel to get above the loss line. And even if I trade the fifteen hundred on FanDuel for a loss of fifteen hundred on DraftKings, that's like it's like I've made four hundred dollars by not paying like that's like four hundred dollars in tax money I don't have to pay. Right. Just by doing that. So like there there's an instance of that. But but I I feel Eric as 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 a sharper player. I seven thousand dollars over the course of a year is like still in the top like five percent of all DFS players, right? Because mm-hmm. most are lifetime losers. But I I I I feel awful. Yeah, I I I, I feel like like I maybe I maybe I threw fifteen thousand dollars away playing MMA and PGA in the middle of the year. I feel like in Jan in January I don't think I was even playing NBA well. I think I was making I was making mistake. I was overcompensating different ways. I I may I may burn through five to ten thousand dollars just on that. Like not the total downswing, but just like there was a leak. I was I was just not in the right mindset. And then then I talked to a lot of NFL uh sharp NFL players this past year. Many did not have a good season. So yeah. like I'm not if, I, if oh everyone's having a great season. I'm sitting here with my dick in my hand. That would be a different story. So, like, yeah, if I could have turned, like, one or two different weeks around in cash games, that would have been another... I mean, that would have been the difference of of losing 12,000 or so and winning 12,000. So, like, 
in the span of like a couple of slates, like without even a big win and then not donking it off in PGA and MMA, this number could have easily been like 35,000 or something, right? Could have easily been that. And that still would have been a, a low number for my past years, but still like eh, respectable for, for what, I, for what I play. But the, yeah. you, know, the, you know, Eric, the, the thing that, that I'm ashamed of, this, this is why I feel awful. And I don't know, you you may be able to, re- you, out of all people, maybe you'll a- be able to relate to this. Uh, that this means that over this past year, this was the first year that I made more money producing content than playing DFS. Mm. To me, that's the thing that, that's, the, that's the thing that makes me feel awful. Because, it's, yeah, because, because, because like that, no, I play like that's, that's. The content is the sec. This that's the the oh that's the the make sure I get the rent paid type of money, right? This is this is this is my primary income. But like this is the first year from 2016 to 2019 where where the content accounted for more income than the play, and you could understand why I feel awful about that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's a bunch of different factors, and like I know not necessarily most of the listeners are content producers, but. I imagine you are the same way as me. Like I, I take pride in, I, I take pride in my content in that I'm doing it. In, like I don't just go put picks and stuff out there. Right. Just like, just like you do. Um, I'm not just like people ask me who to play and I tell them uh, and, and not knocking people that have like picks style stuff, but that's just not how, so I take pride in, in like when I'm putting out, like I put out an NBA article before we did, did this, this show, the new NBA piece that I'm doing and I'm being thoughtful about, this is literally what's inside what's inside my brain for how I'm strategizing uh, a tournament slate. And so what goes hand in hand with that is being successful, right, in, in tournaments and the way to judge whether you're being successful. We could sit here all day and be like, yeah, I feel good about and, – and we did, frankly, during NFL, right? I lost like five weeks in a row, and every week we came on, and I'm like, I don't know. I felt good. You know, Maybe it wasn't perfect, but I felt pretty good about my process, but you lose – and it doesn't really matter. We're judged at the end of the day by whether we're winning, we're winning or not. It's a it's a win or lose game, and like you take pride in the fact that like look, people are are listening to me, and like I really appreciate the fact that people are listening to to what I have to say. I don't consider myself an expert, but I'm just you know putting out there what's in my head and things that I've learned from other people. So I want to be able to put it into practice and use it to make money because that's like why would anyone listen to me? If I'm not able to put it in to practice and 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 profit from it, so it, it it is tricky and it's something. So I haven't run my own my own roto tracker, but I can give my kind of story. So I won't ha- I don't have like the specifics on the exact numbers, but kind of like you went through your your story, I can do the same thing. Um, and it's really kind of funny. Last year, so not 2020 2019, so you know, whatever last year, two years ago, whatever you want to call it, um, was was my best DFS year I had ever had. I made about 250,000, mostly buoyed by NFL. Um, but like, I just honestly ran hotter than the sun. Like you really couldn't run hotter than I did in a, in a year. Um, I, I think I made the live final for every sport. Um, like literally, <laughs> like you're just, you know, when you, you make it, you know, I didn't do well at at the live finals but like you know binking at the 10 cues in a year like that's like you just have to run so pure shipped 
multiple NFL NFL tournaments, did, like profited in every sport. Like it just that that no matter how good of a player you are, that doesn't happen really. Like I, you just it, sometimes you just run good. So I had that, and then coming into 2020, so you're like you're puffing your chest out, right? Come in early 2020, I had a very similar experience, I think, to you with NBA. I had been having a decent year. I just came off the best NFL season I had ever had. Um, you know, got a little more money in your pocket and you, you're making NBA teams. And I was donking money off left and right when NBA first started from January up until till early March. I was probably I was probably just as, honestly a horrible player and and not really realizing it and probably then doing what we talk about on here, uh, th- like avoid like we shouldn't be doing in that I'm um, making compounding my mistakes. You know I was then probably getting too cute or vice versa then getting the opposite and just really making terrible teams. And then uh, Rudy Gobert night hits. And uh, uh, that that was my single day biggest DFS score I had ever had on the night, ironically, that Rudy Gobert shut the world down, right? Which I benefited from, oddly enough, uh, not that people necessarily want to hear this, but it was it was a such a crazy night. Um, we got word that Rudy Gobert, you know, was having the issues. We, we barely knew about what COVID was at the time, but we knew of it a little bit. And then we got word that Gobert um, was potentially having COVID issues. And so everybody swapped to Tony Bradley was the backup center at the time for the Jazz. And he's, you know, like min price and just a lot, literally a total free square if Gobert's out. So everybody swaps swaps to him. But it was also a Boban night. Um, and people didn't double, double pay down at, at center. Everybody, I don't remember who, who they played. But anyway. So I had Boban and Tony Bradley, and then the Jazz game gets canceled, and people had other players in that game, and I didn't. So I have a zero, but like the field has like multiple zeros, and so I was in I was in first, um, and pretty certain that I was going to fall out of first um, in a couple tournaments because there was multiple night games. There was the the Go Bear game, and then there was I think a Kings game or something. They ended so Gobert shut down the Jazz game, so everybody there got zeros. And then there was another game after that, and Silver shut that game. Adam Silver shut that game down, down too. So like I was gonna fall, you know, tons of teams were gonna pass me, I, I think. Uh, and I end up, you know, still sitting in first. So it was one of the wilder nights I had ever had. But you know, I ship. I went from the best NFL season I'd ever had, right? Best year, 2020 was 2019 was just pure run good and then like you said nba starts and i'm just donking it off for months and then i go back right and then you get that hit me two two hundred thousand and then the, and then sports shut down <laughs> so then it's like well i guess luckily i can't donk it off too much here and then we were away from sports and baseball came back um baseball was the first sport and honestly that this this past year is probably the worst baseball season i had ever had um, I, I can't even, I don't even remember winning a slate. I'm sure there was some in there where I made money, but I don't, I don't remember. I, I remember losing pretty much every night. Um, by the end of it, I stopped playing and I love baseball and I love like the strategy around baseball DFS, but even earlier, like I'll, I don't play usually the last like week or something. I, I shut it down pretty early cause I was just getting my ass kicked. Um, did do, did, got a little bit. So, you know, up, 
2019, way, way down from beginning of NBA, way back up and then, and then, and then way back down in, in MLB. Um, and then th- this NFL season was really bad. Um, like the opposite of last year, um, lost, I, I don't, I don't know how, how much money, but I, I won maybe three weeks out of the entire 17 week, week season. Um, had a cut, like I said, had a couple of decent sweats week two actually, uh, was my, was my biggest sweat, but it just didn't, the ball just didn't bounce that way. Um, so I made like 15,000 that week and it just didn't, you know, didn't cover everything for the whole year when a little bounce my way, right. is a big difference. Like you said, if one or two cash weeks go, you're different, you're different way for your season. We're talking about a 30 K swing, same thing for this. If a ball bounces my way in that week too, maybe we're talking a very different story, but instead, you know, I have my first losing NFL year in, in a while and my worst NFL year in quite a while. Now, end of the year, NBA's back. NBA's back. And so far, um, this 2020, 2021 NBA season has been, has been really good. Um, shift a couple of the smaller field, higher dollar tournaments. So, but just goes to say, I don't have the exact specifics on how number wise it has gone, but my entire year has 100% been buoyed by one day in NBA that you know the the last day of last year's regular season with the Rudy Gobert night, and the but the rest of the year has just been a gigantic roller coaster of okay hit that one huge night and then losing 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 and then maybe you bounce back for a little bit here and then losing 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 and now NBA so far luckily knock on wood has been um, you know get, getting me back uh, some NF, some of the NFL losses but. That's just how it's, it's been a total roller coaster that I don't think people can really quite understand. Like they see, you know, oh, like you said, oh, you won 50,000 or oh, you won 100,000 or oh, you won 200,000. Man, you must have just made so much money. And like, I guess sometimes that's kind of true, but you don't realize, you know, all the, the ups and downs that go into it. And, and in a year, like you said, you're, you're expecting to extrapolate this edge over a slate every day for the entire year. And in such a weird year like 2020, we had months of not. I didn't play DFS for what months. Like you, you tried something else that maybe you know, maybe you had an edge at, maybe you didn't have an edge at, and either way, you didn't weren't able to realize your edge over a, a, a large enough large enough sample there during that the summer of this year. It's just there's a lot that goes into to all of this that you know I think it's important that. That, that people realize that it's not all sunshine and rainbows, even when you're a winning player, right? You, you are, you're a winning player. You've been a winning player over years and you were a profitable player again this year. I was a profitable player again this year, but like it, it's basically, it was one day. Right. right? But, that, can, but, the, but that's what, but when you play GPPs, that is what it is. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Neil Orfield on Twitter uh, recently posted a bunch of his screens. I, I, I like the fact that people are being more transparent. So people, people are aware of this stuff. Like, like people think that good players win every day. Right. I mean, it's like, it, it's, it's the marketing of it. Like yeah. it, it's easy to sell that, but that's not the re that, that is not the reality. It's like sports, but if, if someone, if someone said to you, they could, they could beat sides and totals, and, and NFL spreads at an 80% rate, they're a liar. There's no, there's no, there's no way to do that. And if you believe that you're the gullible one, you, you deserve to lose your money. Right. But in DFS, it works the same way. If anyone says that they, they have a, a five year sample size and a, and a win rate in double ups of 73%, 
They're lying. Like, no one has that. That doesn't exist. And it, 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 it's going to be around 60-ish, right, if, if you're good, right? At the lower stakes, maybe, maybe you get up to 65, 66, something mm-hmm. like that. But, that's the, but no, one, no one talks about the real stuff. So this is the real stuff. You could have a bad year. Neil Orfield posted some of his stuff because uh, he won the million this year, right? Like he 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 won a million dollars, but his he he came from the approach of well, if I take away the million dollars, like I'm a losing player, like I've lost some, like ah. like like he's he's looking at it like he almost feels awful for winning the million dollars because it's like like well, yes, I do like. I'm building lineups to win a million dollars. Of course, it's going to take me God knows how long in order to get the one that does. But like he understands that that's why he's playing. Yes. So it's going to come. He said in three big spikes, make up his entire profit of his entire DFS career. That's like, well, that's what that's your goal of what that's what you're playing. That's what what it is. But from a stability standpoint, it's awful. Right. From a from you can't count on like there's nothing like you could have a completely bad year and be and it'd be normal. You could have a completely bad two years and it'd be normal. You could have a great one year that makes up for for everything and then some and and you could you could have the worst variance in the rest of your life and, and never lose enough money for that, right? So these these yep. years, this is what I mean by arbitrary periods, don't don't mean much. But then you have to reevaluate based on the goals that you have on I your financial goals as well as your mental goals on what the best path is for you. And when, when we talk about contest selection, there's no such thing as better, right? What contest should I play? Well, it depends on who you are, what your strengths are, what your goals are, what everything is. Because uh, if you're not a good player, it doesn't matter what your contest selection is. You're gonna, you don't have an edge. You're going to lose. Uh, that, from a contest selection standpoint, am I better off sacrificing EV in order to increase the stability of my, of, of my, of my results. So for instance, I, like I said, I focus a lot on large field GPPs, which means it's like, I need a bink or two a year in order to be profitable. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to bleed away money uh, for most of the year, except for the couple of days where it's a lot. Uh, I, Always, I always say that the, the, the highest edge you have is in the large field GPPs because it's just the sheer amount of dead money. And, and it makes up, and it's a higher rake. But I think that the, the enough, there's enough dead money to make up for the rake as it is. The problem is, is that realizing your EV in large field contests, like over 40 years, sure, great. I mean, but I, am I going to be alive in 40 years? Who knows? Uh, so from a year to year basis, if I'm relying on this as, as income to some extent, I mean, I, I have a sizable bankroll. I'm, I'm fine. I'm doing well off. I'm, I have no problem whatsoever. Uh, Mm -hmm. would it be better to play like you play, or at least in the middle ground of instead of like tonight in NBA, it's a five game slate. So it's easier on, on shorter slates than on like 11 game slates. Where instead of me playing twenty in the four in the four dollar twenty max, you know thirty lineups in the twenty dollar one hundred fifty max, you know like the the eight dollar the excellent eights maybe play ten lineups into that for ten k twenty k to first and build and make a sixty to eighty lineup build something like that. Uh, I'm just gonna make five lineups. I, I have one in the two fifty whatever. There's a four max two fifty 
with like That's fifteen thousand to first. By the way, what for anybody listening? Anybody listening? If you're playing, if you're trying to move up a little bit in stakes and doing exactly what what you're talking about, Jordan, that two fifty that they'll run at four max or or whatever. Yeah, it's a nice it flat a re- payout huge, structure. It's a really great contest. Yeah, right. It's only like four hundred entries or something four or four fifty, uh, and then like uh, I like yesterday I played the three thirty three. Which is which is like, a, like I think it's like sixteen max, but it's still a small field contest. Mm-hmm. It's like, but but that's like fifty thousand. So it's a little bit top heavy, but like I'll play. But it's it's less than a thousand people in the field. I mean, like the, these these contests that I'm looking at, I'm going okay. How about the the hundred dollar? Like there's a hundred dollar NBA single entry with like ten thousand a first, and there's there's like twelve hundred in there. Like like I'm looking at those going okay instead instead of me building 80 lineups let me be a little bit more like eric and go like let me real dial in what 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 i believe the best strategy is and just go go take a stand on that and just go i'm gonna build i'm gonna get leverage off of this i'm gonna build so if this outcome happens i have a good shot at winning one of these things right i'm not playing one lineup into all five contests i'm playing five different lineups so it's like okay i'm gonna build three for this and two for that it's the same thing i would do when i build 80 lineups, 100 lineups. But now in 80, 100 lineups, I'm like, I'm going to try these like 14 different outcomes, right? And hopefully one of them gets there. Now it's like, I need to pare it down to like two or three and then build those lineups. And uh, only because I've ne- I'd never really focused on single entry and three max. So maybe this is, I don't want to call it a wake up call, but I think like Neil Orfield even said on Twitter, like he, he, he was looking into the same type of thing. Like maybe I need to, Instead of having to come into a year going, I hope I, I hope I bink, right? Hopefully it comes soon so I don't have to sweat it out until October, right? In order to turn a profit that maybe give up give up some of that edge. Maybe in these contests I don't have an edge. Maybe the, the fields are sharp enough that maybe maybe I find that it maybe would be better for me to focus on my strengths and play large field contests and just wait for a bink. But I also noticed in just study because in the past couple of days I've studied in results DB like those smaller field contests maybe not as small as you play but at least you know the two fifty like the four max type of thing mm-hmm. and I'm like wow like in these contests for the most part you don't have to worry you don't for the most part you don't have to worry about the uh, you don't have to worry about Isaiah McKenzie. exactly right you don't you like some of these real outlier stuff that like you almost as long as they're 1% owned, they, you may be needed in a large field GPP. It's very, it feels very similar to how I play soccer. Like mm-hmm. I normally like the soccer contests are small enough that when I play like the 160 man, 275 or something, whatever it is, 130 man, if some random underdog center back scores, it's quite possible. No one has him. So it's like, I, I don't have to, I, I don't have to think in those terms anymore. I could think in, a kind of a normal contrarian standpoint and not like super <laughs> contrarian standpoint. It's just that yeah. I, I need, I need to get the balance. I, 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 I can admit that since I never focused on those contests, that my, my lineup style does maybe too, a little too much, a little too little too like, like this. But the only way that I could get better at that is, is to work at it. I mean, that's like, there's, there's no other way for me to get better at that than doing it. So that's why I, I, while on larger slates, I, I'm still too tempted 
when there's eleven when there's eleven games and like there's 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 eighty fucking leverage points. Like I, my mouth waters. My mouth waters going. Luca's gonna be three percent owned. Holy shit! Like, how do I not build twenty lineups with Luca in him? Oh, oh my god, Jimmy Butler in the small forward spot. He's gonna be three percent owned. How do I not Embiid on a slate where everyone's paying down at center? He's gonna be five percent owned. Like, like I can't make three lineups in that case. I, I'm sorry, Eric. I can't. Yeah. I, I it's 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 like going to a buffet, buffet of leverage. And it's like, no, I, yeah. I got to get more plates. Like, like, but on the small, maybe on the smaller slates, five, seven, something like that. Maybe, maybe I, I, maybe those are the days like today I focus on, I'm built, I'm doing single entry three mech style, really dial it in and then work on those. And, and cause it seems like, like I'm more likely I could play the same amount of volume and I'm more likely to at least get some of my equity back more often that my, my swings won't be as, as dramatic as they are. And I'm saying this and I play a conservative percentage of my bankroll. So like yeah. most people, most sharper players look at my overall lifetime graph and go, where are the swings? And like, <laughs> to me, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I had two fucking 25, $30,000. Like to me, that's a big fucking swing. And then they'll show me their graph and go like crocodile Dundee. You think that's a knife? This is a knife. Uh, <laughs> And I go, wow, like comparison in comparison to a lot of other sharper players, like they're going through hundreds of thousands of dollars of swings mm-hmm. and eventually getting back up and whatever FJ Bourne posted his graph. Like he had a horrible NFL season until one day. Right? It was like it was all and the one and the one day got him back to like even. Even, yeah. Right, just to get him back to even right then. Mm-hmm. So uh I I I'm using this as a teaching tool for both obviously the listeners of the podcast and, and on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button, obviously. Uh, but also as a teaching tool to me of like, maybe, maybe I need to work on more aspects of my game. Maybe at some, maybe six months later I go, uh, ba- it's baseball time. I'm stacking the pirates every day. Let's go large field. You know, fuck it. Like that's, that's my bread and butter. I'm going to lose 90% yeah. of the time, but I'm going to bink two or three times a year with a garbage fucking vomit stack. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the time bearing that there's to me there's no harm it, i have to get over eric the the fomo like to me that's that's the urge the fomo mm. of i mm. see that 20 dollar large field contest with a hundred thousand a first going i could i could easily build 40 entries into this like that are that are leveraged well enough for that to be plus ev in this contest maybe yeah. today's the day where that i could maybe that today's my bink and because i didn't enter it and i played the 250 for max uh, yeah and i like and I get almost like I, it's one of those slates where you get the strategy completely right, but you only had one lineup or three lineups. It's like if I had forty lineups, I would have been like I had I had the right I had exactly the right direction. I just needed a little bit more combinations. And then you look at that large field contest and go, <laughs> if I had eighty lineups, I would have fucking won this motherfucker. Like that's the that's the thing that I have to get over. See, and that's that's so. There's a a, a few different things. That one is it, maybe it's just some i don't know if i'm not born with that one or it's just i've played this way for so long now that i think it might just be kind of ingrained in my brain that i don't really experience that everybody experiences like a little bit of like of kind of that right i built uh, oh I, I nailed this slate if i just had the, the right 2v2 oh i would have won it like again not to keep saying that same thing we're all human you think yeah about but uh, see that. see i don't get that see a lot of people get that. I don't get, yeah. I see my, my biggest tilt, 
quote unquote tilt is like if if I played a certain what like on an NBA slate, if I played double center, did this and whatever, and then like like LeBron goes off for seventy points, and I like I don't have him at all. Like mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not upset at that. Like that like yeah. Like there's no, there was no chance this slate I was going to win. It's the slates where like I, I built sixty lineups and the the winning lineup is literally in my play. Like like my I could have built this lot like this lineup could yeah. have happened to be in my build. It just because of my unique like it's just that two v two out of some of these combinations just didn't have I just didn't happen to have that one lineup. Mm-hmm. So yeah, one of my lineups came in twelfth, right? I I typically have a good day those days because yeah. I get the right the right players, the right leverage spots. But I just don't have that one combination. But the guys were in my pool. If the winning lineup has a guy that's either in my pool or that's not in my pool or has some type of negative correlation that I I grouped out, mm-hmm. like that I wasn't going to play. I wasn't going to play Bagley and Holmes together. I wasn't going to play. You know, I wasn't going to play Kyrie and Durant together. Like I wasn't going to play LeBron and AD together. And for some odd reason, the game went to double overtime, and LeBron and AD both have seventy points. Uh, like. I can look at that and go, well, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to win this slate no matter what I did. Cause I never would have made that decision. It's the slates. It's yeah. the FOMO slates of, of it. It was just so clear. There was one slate last uh, two seasons ago in NFL. I think I built the Millie maker winning lineup and I switched off of it. Like that. <laughs> I still think about, no, no, it, I'm not talking about late swap. I'm talking about when I built the lineups. So I built, so I, I'm, I'm building a hundred lineups, 120 lineups for NFL. And then, uh, there was, there was, a that was a, that, oh, that, that was a slate where, uh, like, uh, Sony Michelle was ruled out. So there was like Rex Burkhead came into play. Uh, mm-hmm. and then I'm now I'm switching a lot of my lineups to get Burkhead in manually because it's like right before it's, it's 90 minutes and inactives. So I already have everything built. So it's now like. Well, I'm going to I'm going to start removing my Philip Lindsay exposure cuz he was a cheap running back at the time and then play mm-hmm. Rex Burkhead instead. And then I I I stacked Jan- Daniel Jones that slate and that was a slate Daniel Jones had like 42 points. Like the Giants that vomit stack went off completely and I built like uh some lineups that had both Burkhead and Lindsay in it. And that was also a slate where Lindsay had like 34 points. So like the double <laughs> cheap running back build like mm-hmm. I literally had, I, I'm literally staring. It's like, it's like 1230. It's a half an hour before I, I believe I'm staring at the lineup that like the Millie, the Millie, and I was playing the Millie and this lineup would have been in the Millie. And, uh, I'm staring at a lineup that the Millie winner had like 267. Well, this lineup that I was staring at, at a half an hour before, as part of my hundred person build, hundred lineup build would have scored 272. <laughs> and would have been in the and would have been in the milli, but because I'm switching out stuff, and I'm going well. If I'm going to play this, I I I ended up having an extra hundred dollars in the lineup. Oh, no. So I moved up to the better what like I I don't need leverage. So like the the wide receiver that was like sixty three hundred was the leverage wide receiver, but sixty four hundred was like the chalky guy that was going to be owned. So I'm like. Well, why not play the better projected play since no one's going to be playing this lineup construction? So I changed yep. to the $6,400 guy. The guy puts up like 18 points, but the other guy puts up, you know, 29 points. And I'm like, and, and I see it play out. And and I'm like, I I swear to God, for the next couple of days, I'm like, I, I think I had the Millie. I think I literally had it. 
I think I literally fucking had it. And, but no one talks about those types of switches. Like, it's not a thing where, right. like, I'm, I'm not like you. I'm not building one lineup. I'm going through lineup mm-hmm. by line. I would have never thought of specific, like, I'm just like, I need to get Burkhead in. I'm going to get him in here and getting in here, getting in here, getting in here, getting. And then I'm like, oh, I maybe now I can make these two cheap line running back constructions. So now I'm looking for Lindsay lineups that I could switch out the other running back. So I'm like, yeah. I could switch out the other running back and then move up somewhere. And then I moved up to that $6,400 chalky guy where I was also playing a $300 guy that was in other lineups. And I'm like, I, I think I had the fucking line. That's to me, that's, that's, that's the FOMO of not playing large yeah. field GPPs of like, like, yeah, yes, this 250 GPP first place is 15,000. And uh, it's much easier to win because you're up against 400, 500 entries. And it's probably easier to, to cash. I mean, against other sharp, I'm saying the word easy. It's not easy. It's just that it's it's more probable. That's that's a better way of putting it. You're playing against mm-hmm. much better players. You're getting playing it. The the average EV of a lineup is going to be much higher. There's less dead money in there. But uh, the thought of like, oh, well, I could win fifteen thousand getting it right is is so much less than if I get it right, I could win a hundred thousand. But I mean, I'm sp- it, it's it's fucked up for me to say I'm speaking like a casual player. Like I know in my head, intellectually, that why am I th- this is this is how DraftKings gets people to enter the twenty dollar million. They see the yes. first place of a million dollars, second place is a hundred thousand, fifth place is a set of fucking steak knives, and they're like, well, no, I could win, <laughs> I could win, I could win a million dollars. Like I shouldn't, I should not be thinking this way. But I need, I need to get more cognizant of that. I think to me, uh, it seems like this episode is is me is me just it's it feels like I'm on on the couch with a, a psychologist, going, <laughs> go going going here 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 are my flaws, and and also just to the fact of like like dude, maybe maybe I'm human too. Maybe maybe I don't do everything perfectly. I I never claim to. Here are the yeah. concepts. Use them the best you can. I believe I could do them better than you, but I also believe that there are a hundred people that do them better than me. So like, it's, it's, it's not a, it's right. not a, like every, people ask me, why, why did you enter this contest and that thing? And I go, cause I pressed the fucking ran button in Excel and it just happened to be in there. I mean, just it, sometimes it's five minutes before lock and you're just like, I just need to get a CSV in and fuck it. This is the build. And it's like, I guess I'm playing 60% cam reddish today. Like that. that so someone will ask, like, why'd you have so much cam reddish? What did you see in cam reddish? Right. And sometimes like he'll put up eight points and I'm like, wow, you, you sucked yesterday. You had. <laughs> you had forty. You had sixty percent cam reddish. I was like, dude, I didn't like any other small forwards, and it was six fifty eight, and I couldn't find any. I couldn't find any other builds to make it that way. So fuck it. I have a lot of cam reddish. Like that. Truthfully, that's the answer. That's a lot of times. That is the answer. There's no some yep. supreme thing. It's just like you're going to do it as much as you can, as best as you can, and then at some point you just have to say fuck it. And it is what it is. We we see top MME guys sometimes. You go, why did Mocklovin put in 150 of the same entry and with an with injured player? hundred Like, no, he fucked up his CSV upload. He forgot to wake up. I mean, like, shit, even shit like that happens. So let alone of, like, one guy. I mean, I was looking at NBA Slay yesterday. Like, there was some 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 sharp player at, like, 73% uh, Bacon, Dwayne Bacon in their lineup. And I'm like... <laughs> Like I know we were we were hard off for small forwards yesterday, but seventy three out of you played him in like fucking ninety of your lineups, like, like, 
was there a re- like if you ask what the reason is, they would say pretty much the same thing as me. It's like, dude, small forward sucked and just he, he was the only guy to fucking fit. So I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just I'm I'm living on bacon today. Yeah, it's <laughs> there's 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 so so much. But I thought it's, I'm really uh, happy that you brought up Neil, Neil's thing. Going back, going back to Neil, so um, I didn't see I hadn't seen that he posted some of this stuff, but I actually feel really similarly to him. You know, it was a much small, much smaller win that I had. It was not the Millie that I had this past year, but that was the thing. I had one really big day and it was in March, you know, and then you're just like either losing or, or trying to get unstuck setting aside that, that, that one day. And it is like, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, woe is me, but it, it can be mentally taxing. Like, like, like you said, this knowing that you need to bink, right. To like the, the down, like, so what you outlined, but in a little bit, a little bit different way for me because of the contest that I'm playing, but okay. You have, have your, your great day and that's all well and good. But like, as a player, you, you want to keep winning, right? You have it in the back of your mind, like, okay, great. Look, I won. I, I built up my bankroll. If I lose for a little while, it's okay. But like, still, after losing stretches and you just keep going down and down and down and down, right? Th- that still has an impact on you, you know? Like, you, you try to continue to make really good teams, but if you lose for a month or two months or three months or whatever, or then, yeah, you know, we get baseball back. That was a big thing for me. I think I really struggled when we got baseball back because I did not play any of these other sports when we were, you know, I was, I was smelling the roses as, uh, as Levitan would, would say, um, during that, that, and then baseball came back and I'm like, all right, baby, it's back. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna crush. I got, I got this bigger bankroll now. And it was like, you know, like I said, the worst MLB season that I've, that I've, that I've ever had. And, um, I don't, I don't know if it like impacted my play. I haven't like gone back and, and looked at it, but I do think, um, trying to not be buoyed by the like mental aspect of, I need to bink twice this year, right? I need to win a hundred thousand dollars twice this year, um, is is something that I think is interesting that 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 he was posting about, and I think to your point, m- moving away a little bit from the lottos into the stuff like that uh, that you know, like you said, single entry three max, certain field sizes. I, I think uh, people are like well, it's easy to just call it like oh, you just play single entry stuff. Like that's kind of true, but I think it's a lot more about field size for me than it is about how many entries people can can have into. I don't really care if my opponents have multiple entries whether it's three max five max or like you said maybe it was that they could get 16 into it right um i I don't really care my opponents can get 16 into it it's way more about the field size i want to be playing against fewer fewer lineups as opposed to i want everyone's best lineup so anyway i think you can leverage playing in these contests to make you a better large field player especially um, with the mindset that you've kind of just just outlined, that um, maybe you want to hone in on that balancing act because it's a it's a really difficult balancing act. I struggle with it every day. I think I screwed it up. Like last night, I think I screw it up 
probably more than I care to admit of how do I get leverage? How do I play smart plus EV teams um, that are you know not too not not too chunky, but not my because I tend to get galaxy brained. That's kind of how I. That's just like how I'm wired is to be a little bit out there, a little bit uh, too crazy. And so that balancing act of figuring all that out is tough. It's really tough. And I think where I, what helps me is the contest that I play in, knowing I don't have to have Isaiah McKenzie, right? Or whoever, right? Uh, if uh, the backup point guard for, for the Knicks, right? happens to play 25 minutes and shoots 10 for 12 tonight like i don't care because no no one's gonna play him and even if someone did play that guy if you're playing him in the contest that that i'm in there's a decent chance you probably have like some other plus or some other minus ev plays in there so it does i think um being able to hone in on the strategy for these contests both helps with with some of these mental aspects but i also think it can help uh, like you talked about last week sometimes simplification right simplification instead of complication i think playing in these contests can help simplify an approach and you can in my opinion almost always go back to the okay how do i play these large fields right how do i attack all these different leverage points but it's much more difficult to come the opposite direction because i still i've been i've been solely playing in these smaller field contests for years now and i still struggle with the simplification aspect of it because i'm a naturally galaxy brained psychopath but it's much easier to take to me you know if you're a serious and at least competent gpp player it's much easier to go from the simple approach to the galaxy brain approach than it is having this crazy galaxy brain. Oh, I love all these leverage spots. I love all these 1% guys to, to come back and then play this 400 man contest where it's like, dude, you really don't, you really don't need to be playing like three different leverage spots and, and, and five guys under 3%, you know? Um, so that I think, you know, it has helped me. Um, and, and I actually think, it, it could be a really useful tool you know, for someone like you or lots of other people, even if it's like for a really short stretch and even if you don't win necessarily. But I think just the thought process of doing one to three to five to 10 teams um, as opposed to 150 or somewhere around there uh, can help, you know, going back to last week's simplify the process um, and just kind of help you hone in on those again, another key phrase right the core competencies of building these these tournament teams and then you can extend it you can always go back to playing to playing multiple teams but really honing in on that like really core strategy of a tournament lineup right i mean it's very similar to what i tell people with the uh, with optimizers like i hand like yeah i used to hand build i i, I made like just look, look at what i did on nfl sunday i hand built 30 lineups right i, I didn't use an optimizer for 30 lineups because i understand lineup construction dynamics so like the optimizer to me is just an efficiency tool. So like yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not using it to make my decisions. So if you're even if you're looking to get better so you can build by using an optimizer. Playing single entry 3 max or playing just a handful of lineups. You could play you could play five lineups into a large field GPP. You can do that. And then hand building it 
that'll teach you how to, how to make the optimizer think like you. So it's it, to me to me it's the same exact thing. But the the fact that uh, like I see I see a lot a lot of people, a lot of sharp players that are are making. I don't want to see the, the thing. It's hard, Eric. It's hard for me to to balance in my head that if my choice should always be from a pure EV perspective to play in the weakest fields. Yeah. Right. I mean, like in picture in poker, the difference between you're going to play a thir- 3000 player tournament. You play play like the WSOP main event, 3000, 4000 people. And a thousand of them have almost no chance of winning. Like $10,000 and it's an experience and these are horrible players. Uh, and plenty of, and, and then a ton of sharp players, but you still have like, like a quarter of the people that are playing this tournament. Like you, unless they get hit with the deck, they ain't going to be at the final table. And then you think in terms of, oh, well, either that, or do I play a, a six table, five or six table, you know, we're talking about the 60, 60 people, but 54 of them are what would be within one with within reason of you, right? Yep. You may be a little bit better than some of them. They may be a little bit better than you, but like there may be six people in here that are like, yeah, we're not going to see you again. Like you're going to play the century and unless you get really lucky, you're not going to win. Uh, like to me, the first one is the one with the, like that's the higher EV spot. The problem is, yeah. is that, like you're gonna have to play event. You're gonna have to lose fifty one out of fifty two calendar weeks before. I mean, like there there are plenty of great poker players that have never won the World Series of Poker main event. I mean that, like, and they never will. You know, Phil Ivey's never won the World Series of Poker main event. You know, most likely he won't be. So how could you say you're the best player in the world? It's like it's those things in the back of your head, of like, of like it's it's those things when people come into my streams. It's it's a it's a societal thing. I mean, a lot of the societal stuff I don't give a fuck about. I mean, like <laughs> that's just my personality. I'm not. I don't small talk. I don't fucking do any of these niceties that most people in society do, uh, <laughs> as it is. But it's those things where I'm doing a stream on Saturday, and someone will ask if I ever won the Millie Maker, and then like that, as if they're judging me by, well, why should I listen to you? Because you've never won the Millie. If you were so good, why didn't you win the Millie Maker? It's like, dude, it's a two hundred thousand. Like intellectually both me and like dude awesomeo's never won the millie maker i mean like you know That's how hard it is to win the goddamn millie maker i mean like you, you could be the best player and never win and you can play for 50 years and never win so like like it's that it's that thing in the back of my head of like like most people don't transparently show their results right most like i've done it every year and people are like oh the people appreciate it to see how how real it is and then this year is the type of year where it's like, like in the back of my head or like, are people going to think less of me because I didn't have a good year? I still had a profitable year. I mean, but people are going to look and go, dude, you only made $7,000 playing DFS. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like that's in the back. Like I know that this is like, you could take a look at other, I've taken, dude, I've talked to other sharper players. There are people that you, there are people that right now, most people in the audience will go, wow, that guy's a great player. And I know in 2018, they lost $600,000. Right. Right. Now in 2019, they won 1.1 million. So like it ended up coming back up, 
But like in one calendar year, they lost a half a million. And he's st- and there's you don't know this because they don't share any of this. That they're still there. Everyone thinks of them as a great player. It's like well, because they are. Because they're still over the past seven years, they've won over two million dollars. I mean, like, like that's the, that's the arbitrary period type of thing. So like yeah. in the back of my head, like it 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 makes me feel ashamed. But I, but I know intellectually that I shouldn't be. I feel like, like there's five percent of the audience. I'm assuming if you're if you're watching this or listening to this, you get what variance is. You get you get these concepts. You take in the course at least. You understand this, the math behind all of this. That ninety five percent of you are like, no, no, I'm, I'm that the that they're they're experiencing the same thing, and they and maybe they have no one else to talk to because they because no one is transparent, and they're going, am I the loser? Like, am I doing this right? Am I like they they they're going? I had a great year last year, and then then the year after that it was like <laughs> fucking horrible. And I and, and then they they're like, well, I I I only lost five thousand dollars on on three hundred thousand dollars worth of volume. Like, did I just get lucky? I mean, did I am I a bad player? Am I doing this right? And I'm like, no, that, that that's 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 normal. Like, th- mm-hmm. this is normal. So even in even to myself. I have to say, like, no, this is this is this is normal. And then there's a five. There's going to be five percent of the audience that is going to think, "Oh my God, this guy's a fraud." <laughs> and then I just yeah. have to chalk. I just have to chalk up that that I. If if you think that, then you'll just you'll never get this. You'll you'll those. That's the part of the audience that you know the, the predicting blowouts and and you know fucking the. Well, he always does well in a revenge game on Tuesdays. Like I, I'm never I'm never gonna the. the I'm this is this ain't the podcast for you. Like that I'm just I'm just never gonna get that audience. I'm I'm just like those are the people that think that just you you understand this, right? Those like I just have to those are the deplorables, right? You just have to yeah. throw them in a bucket yeah. and be like like either you get it or you don't get it. I'm then 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 just don't watch me. Then think think whatever you want of me. Think whatever you want of Eric, think whatever you want of the course. But if you if you if, if you don't get it, you don't get it. I I can't stop that. I think th- this is kind of all come full circle actually to me. Um, like as you were talking, talking about that, cause I felt like, okay, we're, you know, we're trying to talk about our results and this weird situation that is the variance of, of DFS and it, it's money. Right. So like it's this weird thing to talk about the fact that there's these wild, wild swings and this weird thing to talk about, like, dude, I made money on like <laughs> only a few days this entire year. And basically one day carries you and like talking about all of that, you know, you feel almost like it's a, it's a difficult thing to talk about. I don't mean difficult in like, um, you know, like I don't feel comfortable difficult in that it's a, it's a weird human thing to discuss. Like it, cause it's not how the rest of, like it's not how the rest of the world imagine 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 the rest of the world imagine talking to a normal person with a nine-to-five job that says well last year i worked the same amount of time in the same place and i made forty-five thousand. and then the next year and then i made five thousand and be like dude what what why don't you leave like why don't you like yeah like but like if you're betting on sports if you're a professional sports better if you're a poker player if you like like it's the only job it's one of the only jobs where you could go to work for a day and lose money and then, and go to work on a day and make five times as much as what you would normally make. I mean, like 
It's mm-hmm. that's that's why I said in the very beginning that these time periods are so arbitrary. Yeah. That it's 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 just a human construct. So like I shouldn't be looking, I shouldn't be staring at this number for 2020. I should be staring at the number that says lifetime. Yep. And I should be looking at lifetime 366 or ROI 18.39 and doing the same thing. What we talked about tilting. If the slates, if once the last game of the slate locks, like the slate is over, the results are, you could go to sleep. The same thing as your, your, your NBA season, right? It started out horrible, right? Your NBA season, Eric? Yeah. It started yes. out horrible. Sorry, someone, and someone, then someone it's perfect perfect timing for how horrible, yeah, the NBA season was. Someone's trying to interrupt me. Well, uh it was horrible until that one night, right? Yep. So yep. so if I if I would have told you uh that you you have amnesia and you're gonna play NBA between January first and March sixth, and on March seventh you're gonna see how much you've won. You'd, you would you would have a number there that's in the six figures, right? Yep. And would I have to tell you did 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 it come out of you winning a thousand dollars a day or once or all on one? Does does it even matter? No. Nope. No, it doesn't. But we look. But as a human being, we look at those things and go, "That's why when 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 I talk to people about GPP play, and like I I come back to the Drew Dinkbuyer quote." And it's like, it's not about winning more often. It's about how much you make when you win. So, but people, human beings are more like, well, uh, you only won 6% of your nights. You're a horrible player. It's like, well, like I've mu- like, this is how much money I've made. It doesn't matter that yeah. I've won 6% of the, like human beings think in terms of like baseball teams and basketball teams. If you, if the, the a basketball team can't win their, the, the playoffs in one game, in the third game of the season, right? Like, like whether or not, like you can't carry over the points. The Warriors blew out the, the Kings. It's not like they could take the 40 points that they beat them by and carry them over to the next game, right? So it, a win is a win. It doesn't matter if it was by one point or whatever, but in DFS, that doesn't exist. It yep. means a lot. Like if you win first place on one day, like you could go, it's like having a basketball team go, go one and 81, and win the NBA championship, right? That's so illogical to to how how the average person thinks. But if you're in poker, gambling, spheres, DFS, like to us, it makes it makes complete like it makes complete sense because that that is that I mean that's the nation that's the notion of how you play, right? Exactly. So that's like as we were talking about it, like you feel like. I don't know. I'm rambling. Am I describing this well? Because like you said, it's not, it goes against all of like human nature. And like you said, all these human constructs that we've put in place, like, it, it, we are absolutely judging it. Like we judge a regular job and like a, a, a sports team, like you said, okay, what happened this year? Well, that doesn't really, why does that matter? I could have lost, like you said, lost my ass for 365 days in 2020, and then 2021 turns around and what or what? I don't even know what today is. On on the fifth, and I could have just smashed these few days, and I could be a you know a millionaire or whatever, right? Like it doesn't. It literally what day it happens on, what year it happens on, it do, it does it doesn't matter How, what that what this looks like, right? It could just look like this, and then this, and then like for long, 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 long period. N- n- none of that, none of that matters. It just, 
is hard, even as someone who who knows it. We talk about you know the variance thing. We mentioned it. We mention it most weeks um, because it's really important. Just how much how much variance there is, like in the, the nightly results of a of a DFS contest. Even you and I, I think, understand how crazy like the the you know finances are of this this game that we're playing in terms of the swings or in terms of you know like I said each of us basically were buoyed by a day right a night a a, a four hour period of time like uh, through all of 2020 that made us you know profitable DFS players and that's just such a weird thing that even like people who understand it don't always totally wrap wrap their head around. So I just think even us talking about this and just having like a totally normal, casual conversation, maybe if like anybody out there can be like, you know, I am, I, I don't, I don't appreciate exactly how drastic it is. And, and maybe sometimes I let that impact my play. We started out this and have talked about different aspects of it, you know, through different areas of this podcast that at the beginning, you know, we're talking about, tilt right ah, are you letting the tilt impact you dante exum shit you know now am i screwing up my teams or is that carrying over into future days or you know uh like you said maybe i need to adjust my style of play and move into different contests is that just, but there's also aspects of this this losing right which we've talked about on on past episodes too but like losing days in a row weeks in a row months in a row having losing years like that can that can wear on you, but it, it's 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 so different than the rest of your normal human life that it's easy to let it impact you. But you just have to be able to set that aside and judge it for what it is, which is this totally bizarre, bizarre game that we're we're playing that doesn't align with everything else that your your brain is trying to compare it to. Right, and that but but that's why I like being transparent. Mm-hmm. I like being transparent because this is this is the reality. And if people want to play seriously and they want to get into this, <coughs> try it out. Not everyone is going to succeed. It's a zero-sum game. Uh, at least have realistic expectations because uh, so, so many times over the past, you know, three years, four years, I mean, that that I, I've, I've been public on Twitter, you know, doing shows, whatever. Uh, that so many people just have unreal, like just like because why why should they have realistic expectations? There's no one to set them. There's no one. There's no one. To, when, when, oh, you don't you don't win more than sixty percent of your 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 cash games. Like that seems low. It's like, dude, if you're a sports better and you're fifty four percent, you're god. Right? You don't like like if you could if you could. That's why they play for a lot of money, right? Because you need to eat, you know, if you can get a 54.2% and then that's why you're, you're playing for a million dollars a day and a lot of volume. Uh, but that's the same thing in, in DFS. So like with, without it being out there, you, you have such unrealistic expectations. And I think it turns people off. I think it, tur- I think, I think it turns uh, the person that wants to play seriously off more so than, yeah, that Joe Schmo. Uh, oh, I'm gonna throw twenty bucks in and get rich quick. Whatever. I'm, I'm never gonna get them like that. I mean, that's the majority of people, but they're also not looking at. They're not going to Roto Grinders. 
they're not looking for this podcast. They're like, whatever. But I'm, I'm hoping people that listen to the course, theorydfs.com, watch this podcast on, on YouTube, on iTunes, whatever. Like, even if they're not looking to be a professional, they're looking not to make it a primary part of their income. If they just, I just want to be able to beat the games and say that I'm a profitable player. Like, there needs to, expectations need to be set. It's, you can't have, uh, teach me how to win the Millie Maker is not a request that's doable, <laughs> right? That's, 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 that's not the way it works. So, but I can't blame people that have that because I'm on Twitter all the time. I get these emails. I see the Facebook ads and everything like that. Any content site and any DFS site, right? DraftKings, FanDuel, the billion dollar checks and, and uh, the screenshots on like our subscriber just won $100,000. And it, that's, all you, that's all you see. It's the Instagramification of, of, of the DFS community. And, and truthfully, it's, it's, it sells. Just yeah. the churn rate on that is going to be ridiculous because then once people, once people get a get a get a hand fistful of of reality, like it's it's hard it 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 makes it it makes it seem like everyone was duping you, right? It makes it it makes that's what to me that's what it makes it seem like. It makes it seem like when you when you see screenshots all over the place and I win all the time and beating my chest and here's here's our we have five hundred subscribers and they're all making bank and here's the prop bets that we won today and all that type of stuff that to someone that that is not study that is not serious enough like that you're seeing the person's best day on Instagram and you're not seeing you know the the mom having to deal with the kids vomiting uh, in the, in the, in the bathroom and cleaning that up. And then, then the, all oh, the electric bill is late. And like, you're not, you're not seeing any of that. And in order to play seriously, you have to, you have to see the whole fucking thing, right? You, 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 you have, you have to understand the good, the bad, what's realistic. Cause that's the only baseline you have to judge to it. I start, I, the, the, the point in which I was the most transparent was back in 2016, uh, cause I, I was, I was just playing soccer. I was listening to the Rotowire soccer podcast with Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. This is before I en- ended up taking Gottlieb's place. Uh, cause I was just playing soccer, but I didn't, and I was making money like, like eight months in or whatever. I was like, I, I was up like $8,000 or whatever. Where, where is it on the, on the graph? Yeah. I was, Oh no, 15,000, something like that. And I'm like, is this good? I don't, I don't like. Is is it? Is, am I? Because I know I know from poker, like, like what a good hourly rate for the bet size. Like I I I, yeah. I know all of that, but I don't know what what to compare it to to DFS. I joke around with people on Twitter, right? I joke around with you know with the soccer people doing memes. We're making MLS jokes. It's such a niche thing that no, I mean, most people don't know me from the soccer stuff uh, anymore. Uh, but then then uh, someone reached out to me, Avaldo uh, Basso. Uh, he, he plays, he's, he's a soccer regular. He's a, he's also, he's like a CFO of a hedge fund. So he makes millions of dollars. So it's like, he plays DFS just for the competition. Uh, uh, he reached out and basically, basically said like, this is what my rotor tracker looks like. Does you like, he considered me a good player and I consider him a good player. And it was the first time that like, he wanted to see whether or not he was playing. Like it was this, he was having the same exact thing in his head of like, I'm doing well in this, but is is this good? Is this is this out of the ordinary? Should I be like in these t- types of contests? So it was the first time that I got to see someone else's rotor tracker, and I saw, and we compared notes and said, "No, you're doing well. Okay, you're doing." And I'm like, 
Like, okay, so I am on the right. Like, I'm not, my results aren't unreasonable. They're not like variance written. It's like, okay, there's someone else that, that I respect that's also beating the games in a similar way. He's taking a lot more high stakes head to heads than I am or whatever. And then, you know, and he said to me, it's like, like he was up like over like the past two years, like a hundred thousand or something. And at that point I was like 15,000. And he's like, and he said, said, uh, said, you'll, you'll, you'll get there. Said you're, he said, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be, you have $15,000 right now. I said, you're, you're going to beat my hunt. At some point you're going to pass me. And I'm at that point, I'm like, dude, that's going to take forever. Right. Cause I'm playing $3 games, $1 games, you know, yeah. stuff like that. You know, playing a couple hundred bucks a slate. And then a year later, like I, I get to, to DM him and say, uh, I think I passed you right a year and a half. Yeah. A year and a half later, I'm like. I'm at one hundred and twelve thousand dollars, and then, but, but that was the point in which, like, I think it it was useful for me to see someone else, the inside of someone else's results. So I have some baseline. I have no baseline. Mm-hmm. So I think it's helpful to have some type of baseline. So the more people that are transparent and share, it's not about showing how well you did. It's not showing how big your downswing was either to get pity or something like that. It's it's. <laughs> So more people see what a baseline is. So then they could look and see, you know, oh, I'm, I'm winning 58% of my head to heads. That ain't that bad. Right. Right. It's yeah. It's not as good as this guy who's getting winning 60%, but hey, it's, 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 it's close enough. It's not that bad. Oh, my finishing positions and, and, and wrote a, a top 1% finishes. Like I'm at 1.3%, but I see that these guys are at 1.5%, but I mean, okay, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm in the range, like, but you would never know what the range is. Some people yeah. wouldn't look and go, well, I think I need to get 3.5% in the top 1%. Like, dude, if you could do that, you'd be fucking, you'd have fucking billion dollars. So you'd be winning fucking all the time. Like, no one does that, right? But how would you know? It's very similar, Eric. I know this is completely different than DFS by when, you, when, you, when I go to, like, the car mechanic or something, right? I don't know anything about cars. I don't know how much it costs to fix anything. But I, you want an estimate, right? You try like it's not a matter like so when someone when someone when a car mechanic says uh, I I could get this done in a day it's 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 pretty easy to fix and I'm like well how much is it and then sometimes they don't know it's like well it depends if we need a part and it depends on if this doesn't work I need to put four more hours into it it's like dude I know nothing about this is it is is this two thousand dollars or two hundred dollars like to yeah, me that's exactly. a drastic difference and then they go no no this will be like one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars like. Like worst case scenario, it'll be 300 best case scenario. will be 80. I'm like, okay, that's all I need to know. Like, I don't want to tell you to do it. And then you come back and say it's $2,000 because I, I just have no baseline on what you need to do with this. So give me that baseline. If I'm at the, 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 the dentist office and I say, how long does it take? Like, I know I'm not, I know you don't know the exact number. But I've never gone through this procedure before. Is this a 10-minute procedure or a two-hour procedure? Just give me some type of baseline. So th- to me, that that's the reason why I do it, because it was helpful for me four years ago. And I hope that it's helpful, good or bad, whether or not it's based on my play, that it would be helpful to, to someone like you, Eric, or yep. to, to, to anyone starting out long-term. And I think that's what starts a lot of like Justin Herzig. He also posted some of his results on, on, on Twitter that to me, it's not a it's not a matter of selling, like it's not a lot. Of, oh, what is your tout? Uh, what is their results? I mean, I would I I I think you should show that also, but 
I, I just think it's helpful for other players to have some type of baseline. So either they could judge how well they're doing and also just just to make sure you're not going fucking crazy. I'm not sitting here going, well, I had a bad year. Well, who else? That's why I talked to some other players for NFL. I said, did you have a bad year? They're like, yeah, I had a bad year. I'm like, did you have a bad season? Yeah, I had a bad season. So now I don't feel that bad about having a bad season. Like, like there, there's, there's five or six other people that I respect that were profitable NFL in 2019, 2018, 2017, just like I was profitable in those years also. And I'm like, did you have a bad season? Yes, yeah, I'm down. Did you have a bad season? Yeah, I'm down. Like, but no one wants to say that because, like, it's it's no one puts their bad pictures on Instagram. Yep, yeah, and I think, you know, you talked, you gave your your soccer uh, example to just understand, like, yeah, am I? I know I'm making money, but am I doing well? And I think even you know even more so, which you outline well, and others have have too. Maybe even like on like the FJ Bournes it's nice to see those people. Like, I think it's really, it's, it's great that those people put that kind of thing out there, but it might even be almost a little bit too drastic, um, for like the casual user. Cause they're like, look, this, like, it, it's not even in the same stratosphere as what a casual player is, is, is playing. So they're like, yeah, this guy lost so much, but how much money does he have to be, to be, to be losing that much? Like, I kind of think more people like you and I, maybe we are playing more, than the average person, but we're not on the, the, we're not on the level of those guys playing, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and, and going through half a million dollar downswings and, and it's not really impacting you. You know, if I went through a half a million dollar downswing, we probably wouldn't be doing this podcast. I'd be broke. Uh, I'd be anymore. broke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, being able to see other people that are similar to you, and and see the negative side of things like you said it's so easy to understand the the positive side of things right like okay you want a tournament like cool i see the screenshot or whatever but the negative side of things like just like you said did you win at nfl because i lost you know like last year like like i feel shitty about it you know and like it doesn't feel comfortable like last year is like it was a print fest like i could puff my chest around and talk to anybody on twitter you know and, and feel good about myself and this year it's like fuck, I'm writing articles every week and I'm losing and, you know, like I, I lost money. At yeah, but a 17-week season, that's like two and yeah. a half weeks in NBA. Like right. I've got on two and a half week NBA to... downswings like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, but being able to say that, you know, and like other people say that, you know, and we're talking about it on here and like, and then we're talking about all this other context, right? It's like, okay, look, I still believe I, I – am and can be a successful NFL DFS player. I just didn't happen to win in this 17 weeks, right? That, that doesn't ma- like, it doesn't even really matter. Right. And I'm playing other sports. And so like, there's just all this, there's all these variables to this bizarre fucking game that, that we're playing, but you know, but it's, it's that, it's that, it's that, but, but it's that human, human thing, aspect. right? It's yeah. that, it's especially like, uh, we see this all the time, right? Two people get into a beef on Twitter Right. Mm. I mean, you see it in poker also Head, heads up for rolls. Right. Yes. Two people get into a beef. It's like, I'll play tonight. I'm going to play you heads up for $5,000 as if one slate d- d- will determine. <laughs> right. I mean, like imagine, imagine determining the, uh, the, the world series by the first pitch and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, like 
truthfully, it doesn't matter. One slate, who, who gives a shit about one slate? That's why these head-to-head challenges, I never, I, I don't give a fuck. I, I post my head-to-heads in the lobby. Feel free to take them. Uh, mm-hmm. And then if you, you want to pump your, t- beat your chest, uh, I, I beat you tonight. Like, what, what do I care? Like, I'll go into my, I'll go into my head-to-head on Roto Tracker and go, okay, let me take a look at how I've done against you for the whatever like that. And it's like, oh, great, you beat me tonight, but, uh, I have a 73% win rate against you in 41 head-to-heads. So keep on taking them. I don't give a fuck, right? But it's that but it's that human type of thing of like, well, we'll settle the score today in a in a in a game that has so much variance that in in <laughs> you can't decide it on one day. Dude, I mean you can, it, it, it that's that's not how this works. So yep. I I think that more more that people are more ashamed to 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 not be transparent because I, I almost I almost think that that they think the audience is too stupid, which some at some point I would I would agree with some of that. Uh I'm I'm just hoping that that the audience that, that listen to this podcast is I I tend to speak as if I if if you're smart. Like I think I think I think that's a better way. I don't I don't want to pat myself on the back or anything like that, but I explain things and I talk about DFS in a way that I assume that my audience is smart. And if you, if you're, if you don't get the fundamentals, like I'm not, I'm not going to dumb it down for you. So that's when, that's when it comes out. You're a fucking idiot. Stupid question. Play whoever you want. You know, that's when that comes out. Cause it's like, I'm dude, I'm not going to, I'm not going to teach you two plus two here. Like we're, we're past yeah. two plus. If you can't get two plus two, I ain't I don't have time for you. Like I want, I want to, I want to deal with the people that already get two plus two, and let's actually have an intellectual conversation. So that I think that's what it comes down to with with the transparency of results of, like people are people are afraid, especially if you're doing content. People are afraid to say I had a losing year because you think that the audience is dumb. That is going to go well. If you had a losing year, why the fuck should I listen to you? Yep. It's like well, if I ta- if I taught you anything, me personally. Is that variances of motherfucker, right? Keep calm and blame variance. That you, dude, there aren't enough slates that have ever happened in DFS for, and if you have a marginal plus or minus ROI in DFS and you've literally played every slate since it began in 2010, you may still not know if you're a winning and losing player. Like that's how much variance there is. Obviously, if it's way high or way low, you're more likely to be a winning or a losing player. But if you're somewhere around plus or minus 5% or something, plus or minus 10%, like, dude, you could, you could have played every fuck, every slate in every sport for 10 fucking years and have a 7% ROI and be a losing player and, and, the, and be negative 7% and still be a losing player. So I'm hoping that my audience is smart enough to realize that. So like the results of a one-year arbitrary period don't matter. And I know that 5% of people, they're going to comment on YouTube, right? Some guy, some, some someone's going to watch this. Okay, I mean, I don't know. They got the two hours and 10 minutes and eventually got to it and say, yeah, you guy, you're a horrible player. Ha ha, <laughs> you've only won X amount of dollars and whatever. I can't listen to you. And then fuck them, right? <laughs> yep. that, sometimes that, that, that's, that's the best approach. Just say, fuck it. Fuck them. And if you're not going to get it, you're never going to get it. Yep. Well, if you want to get Eric on Twitter, Eric Bimefor on Twitter, at BlenderHD, 
on Twitter. Feel free to share your share your results. If you have Rotor Tracker or something like that, just at reply. Or or if you don't want to share it publicly, you could email. You could always take a screen capture or uh, share this dashboard or whatever thing and uh, submit it to questions at theoryofdfs.com. Because maybe some people don't know how to look at certain stuff or or may, maybe you just want to share it and say, uh, can you tell me if this is good, right? Can it, or what do you see in here that I should improve on? I'm more, I'm more than happy, happy to answer. So just like from four years ago, I had the, what, the person that I was able to see other people's results. Like, here's my results. If you want to show your results so we can compare, uh, I'm, I'm, more, I'm more than happy to, uh, to oblige to that. So for Eric, I'm Jordan Cooper. And this has been the Theory of DFS podcast. Go take the 15-hour audio DFS masterclass at theoryofdfs.com.